Hello, welcome to Off Curve. I'm Wicked Good, and I am talking to you from the comfort of my streaming chair because it is a special occasion. And um, I, it is finally, we've been waiting like three weeks to get out of early access on Forged in the Barrens. And uh, we finally have something resembling a meta. And you know what that means, friends. That means that it is time for your friend and mine, host of now too many podcasts to list... But uh, I'll try anyway. Coin Concede and the, and the Vicious Syndicate Data Ripper podcast. And now, the Angry Chicken. Congratulations. Uh, Ridiculous Hat, welcome back to the show. It is always a pleasure to uh, get to spend, the time, spend this time with you. Thank you. And my Hades podcast is on pause at the moment because I have to go to work sometimes. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate the shout-outs. And hey, I'm glad that we get to do another one of these even though I'm not going to give any kind of impression that I understand this meta, because I don't think that I do, but I don't know if anybody does. I, I, I'm pretty sure that the only one who understands this meta is Mancrick. He may be the only one, and, and, and that poor guy has been through so much in such a short period of time. Just, just constant trauma. <laughs> it's unfortunate. What a day for Groundhog's Day. Oh, man. You know, if you if you start thinking about this is what happens when 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 we have slow matches when I'm casting, like when you start thinking about how these some of these things interact, you can get into some very dark spaces. But we won't do that. We are um, we are going to talk about the meta. Do you want to for the for the two people before we get into that who do not know who you are, who are probably, you know, listening to a podcast for the very first time? Would you like to um, introduce yourself to those two people? Uh, Hello. Hello, friends. If you are new around here or you haven't caught any of my seasonal episodes with Steve that we've been doing since episode zero, by the way, what, what episode count are we up to? 179, actually. I had the wrong number in the show notes originally because I did that at, at, at that impromptu show on Sunday. 179. That's so many. Yeah. yeah. We, had, we, had a, we had a conversation on Twitter today where I was, I, I, had, I was linking the discussions of us on Mindset and just those discussions was four links. So we have four episodes in the back catalog just on mindset, not even counting all of these things and everything else. So it's been a while, but it's always fun. And, and I know that everyone, everyone looks forward to these episodes. So, And I do, too. And you do, too. Yeah, it's I great. Do. Oh, and, I absolutely do. Yeah. And the, so I am a prolific Hearthstone. I love when people try and figure out the word for what I am because the correct <laughs> answer, I think, is loudmouth. But people say personality because they, ha- they want to be nice. Um, Basically, I tweet a lot, and then sometimes I put together a bunch of tweets and then say them out loud in sequence, and we call that a podcast. Um, And I do that like three nights a week now, Uh, and the tweeting is also during said podcast and also when I'm not podcasting. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I like talking about this game. Not to mention the fact you're also in your copious spare time also helping to run Team Hearthstone League. On, on top uh, of everything yes, else. Legends. Team Hearth Legends. It's a league Team format series, oh, but we are not a no, league Blizzard, officially. Blizzard, don't cancel everything. I'm sorry. I didn't yes. mean it. It's okay. <laughs> it's, the word is illegal. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Made that joke many times over the years. But yes, also the THL commissioner. Um, also a cheese enthusiast. Uh, oh, I write for PC Gamer sometimes. Uh, gosh, I do a lot of the stuff. The only thing you don't do is sleep. That that's pretty much the only thing you don't do. I got I got seven hours last night, and I feel like seven a superhero. hours. Oh my god! I had that happen once. That was amazing. It was beautiful. Yeah. I gotta I gotta psych myself up and hydrate and rest up for Pfizer number two tomorrow. Oh, that's uh, fantastic! Yes, I'm looking forward to that. It's I have I have dinner plans the second week of May, 
with the people that I last went to dinner with. So uh, the same people that I went to dinner with uh, March 5th, 2020, or the same people I'm going out to dinner with Mar- uh, May 14th, 2021. Same people. Wow. That's the last time I went to a restaurant. Yeah, we, we have plans for Mother's Day, which is with my parents, which is because Maureen and I will be vaccinated by I get my second shot on a week from tomorrow and then she gets her second shot on the uh, on that that Saturday. And then we'll be we won't be fully vaccinated by that weekend, but it'll be close enough. Yeah. And uh, they'll be full. My parents will be fully vaccinated. So we'll be happy because they've been missing the grandkids, too, a lot. So that'll be. That'll be nice. And we got we got my daughter the um her, my daughter's birthday is around now too. Oh, and um and we got her the St- the Stardew Valley board game for her birthday. So my mom will, and my mom's been playing oh. Stardew Valley with her. And so um that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. They'll get to play that together. It'll be lovely. Sounds really nice. Yeah, I have to see my parents too. I haven't seen my parents since Thanksgiving twenty nineteen. It's been a minute. Yeah, and uh, you know I mean we're not being in a restaurant yet, but soon, hopefully soon. I, I have a. I, 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 there is a pastrami burger with my name on it somewhere in Boston. Ooh. So, yes, Ooh. but, but we, we, we don't need to go into food that early. We have, we have decks to talk about. And so we should, we should probably do that because these episodes go close to two hours, even when we're on, on topic and we're already, we're already off the rails. So yeah. when um, we're on topic and we're like, Hey, we're going to be, we're going to be quick. No, we're not. Yeah. Come on. No, Come that's, on a, now, that's a lie. If you ever hear us say we're going to be quick, that's always a lie. Like that's that's not even close. But I guess we can. I'll I'll put the the first deck list that we're going to talk about, which is um, everything. <laughs> and this is I and and this kind of explains this format in a nutshell. We instead of Baku and Gen, we have four neutrals that are in almost every deck: uh, Mancrick, Wandmaker, Vi- uh, Venomous Scorpid, and uh, Talon Forgering, and not not pictured. Would be Alex Straza, who is, uh, you know, not in every deck, but seems to be making her way into a lot of decks. Um, yeah, Kazakis as, as, as kind well. of a top end. Yeah, Kazakis and Ysera, I guess. Well, I guess Ysera is mostly just Priest, but, um, but yeah. But Alex Straza seems to be kind of another another neutral that's kind of like a top end finisher, get your last eight damage in. But the, these four neutrals are in most decks, and it, it seems like it's a lot of... Well, I've got a couple slots because it's the four-set format. So if I've got a few slots left over, these are perfectly cromulent neutral minions that you can just kind of throw in, and they give you a little bit of incremental value. A little poison's not bad. You get a 310 eventually. Draw the biggest thing in your deck that you don't want to be drawing naturally. Like, they're all kind of just generically good. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. They're not exactly high power. It's not like we're, we're playing Baku again, thank goodness. But, you know, we're, we're even Zil- they're not even really Zilliac's level, which is fine right like that i don't think that anybody's going to be offended by these cards being in in most of the decks these are these are symptomatic of the format's power level it is a relatively low power format even though there are powerful turns decks aren't doing crazy broken stuff all the time uh you know there's there's good interactivity in the gameplay so far i really enjoy most of the games that i play uh even though the decks can be a little bit boring because there's so much consistency in in choices i find myself just looking at pages of decks scrolling looking for the interesting one but the games are really interesting um and there's a lot of player agency and a lot of choice not a resource management so you look at these four cards wandmaker and venomous scorpid benefit a lot from small spell pools and the rotation of classic because you have a lot of really good hits in the decks that you're playing them uh mancrick is kind of a high roll card where the high roll is so good and the synergy potentials are there and the base version is fine 
Like, it's okay. A lot of decks don't have good threes. So it's really good with Barak Bane and with, uh, and with Tracking. Uh, really good with Thrive in the Shadows. Really good with Swindle. If you can find the wife consistently, then you're pretty happy about a 310 because it's unlikely to die. So you just play it. Because and it draws you a card, too. Yeah. It, it's... You either play it because there's no real reason not to and not enough competition at that mana slot, or you play it because you have a way to exploit finding Olgra. Um, and then Tail and Fordring is Zilliaxi. It's a consistent five-drop, good defensive tool that allows your deck to do the main thing that you want your deck to do. So these these four cards together, like they, they don't all quite serve the same purpose, but they're all kind of good enough at what they do with some potential to, to perform. Yeah. 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 They're 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 fun. they're all like fine, right? Like I would expect that, you know, we will not see nearly as many of these when we get a fifth set, right? Like there there will just no, be these are frozen shadow weavers, right? Like that yeah. these disappear after uh, yeah. after more cards come out. Yeah, I mean you, you'll probably see like I mean Wandmaker's been with us for a while. It, it will probably stay around for anything that that cares about one cost spells. And same thing with Venomous Scorpid. As long as Hysteria is in the format, Venomous Scorpid will have a place in Warlock and Priest. I would imagine. Just because playing Venomous Scorpion into Hysteria is such a good turn, and, and you generally want to be generating more resources with that anyway. But I think resource management is kind of the key term that you use there because we haven't actually had that in a long time. Like, I can't remember the last meta that we've had where we've had finite resources and you actually had to parcel out your resources and think about how you were going to use them throughout the game because you actually could run out and you weren't going to have like a a, a consistent value generation engine especially since they nerfed penflinger like penflinger felt like the last great bastion of that and like even in like priest and priest which was kind of like i mean yeah there's rally priest but even in priest which was kind of like known for just having an infinite end game Unless you're playing, well, I guess Jaraxxus is really the only exception to that, which is why Jaraxxus feels so, so big when you actually have time to get it down. But a lot of these decks, like even like Rush Warrior and some of those decks that have, like, they have a lot of steam, but eventually they do run out and you can just go to an actual attrition game plan as a control deck now, which is a different, a, a very different feeling than we've been used to in even just like the last set. Was it Ungoro? Was it Ungoro? Because in, in KFT, they printed Rexar, and he wasn't even good, but we started playing Jade Idols, and Jade Idols were good enough. Um, in uh, in Witchwood, buttons, you press buttons, and that was the whole year. And then they rotated buttons, and then you press Dr. Boom, so five flipping buttons. And then uh, also... I believe Aliciana was in that set. Yeah, that was the that was that was the Doctor Boom Aliciana fifteen hours specialist qualifier yeah. meta. Yeah, yeah, where you sideboard in double Brewmaster, double Baleful Banker. <laughs> I'm getting or you, or sorry. You put, you put Doctor Boom scheme in your sideboard so that you could win by having more armor when you hit the turn limit. That happened. That was a thing that happened. <laughs> that happened Card in, deserves that happened in, Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, and then we had, and also Rogue didn't care about resources because you had you had draw your deck, you you, you prepped out draw your entire deck, and also like raiding party for zero mana that was gross. Um, and then the Doctor Boom was around for all of what was that year of the dragon? Yeah, and that was Rise of Shadows. Yeah, it was Rise of Shadows, Saviors of Old Doom, and then Descent of Dragons printed Galacrons. So we also pressed buttons, 
And then we had a full year. I mean, the past year, there's been a ton of resource generation, which is where Demon Hunter was, I guess, the good guy. No, I'm pretty sure that's not the case. That's that doesn't sound like the case, but you could no. say that if you want to. <laughs> Demon Hunter had the least generation. But also there were some issues there. There, was, there were some ups and downs to that whole situation. Ups and downs being mostly the, mostly your life total that you go down and then you go up with the life steal and then your opponent would go down to zero in one turn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you would carve soul fragments off your opponent and save it for a snack later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's been three, four years? Yeah. Yeah. It was on Goro. Like on Goro was the – that was the, 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 disgu- the Gunther Mage era. But we were still burning people. Jade Druid wasn't good enough yet. It was in the format, and people played it the way they play Ticket Us Now, where it wasn't good, but they liked it, so they played it, even though the win rate was awful. Um, and, yeah, there were a ton of mage decks where we were complaining about the discovery potential of Primordial Glyph being too much discover. Yes. Little did we know what the future <laughs> would bring, though, to be fair, Primordial Glyph was often finding the third and or fourth ice block. Which is not was not a great gameplay experience. Yes. Or or pyroblast, you, one or the other. You were either none ice of the cards we just said are in standard. Yeah. Not a yes. single one, including yeah. the pyroblast. Ice block has been out of standard for three years. There are generations of players that have never played against ice block. I, I mean, we have someone in chat who is just saying they had to go look up Baku again. Which and uh, no no shame no no shame at all like you're you're coming in new but like Baku and Gen for anyone who was playing back then I mean we're we're sounding like old men now like Baku and Gen like you still back in our day yeah just just like even Paladin and everything else so it's you know it's yeah but I mean so so resource generation is actually a thing and our resource resource management rather is actually a thing because resource generation outside of literally Jaraxxus is is not like even Priest. There is a limit. There is an end. It it takes a while. Well, you can if you're Sethic sticks and you gift of luminance. It it's the end is me conceding against you, but eh. the it's it is much harder to maintain in perpetuity and uh, and is not something that you can just have for the rest of the game, yeah. whether your your opponent wants you to or not. Yeah, there there is actual interactivity there. So Ooh, I, and you I said think the magic word. I know. I know. That's the and, word and, of the day. Oh, is, is do I have to do the P? I don't have the Pee Wee sound effects now, though, to, to you know do the word of the You're day. You're fine. Thing, but... Just keep going. We just get a soldier okay. through. Okay. So so anyway, so we can talk about the individual decks, but I think that's kind of the theme that we're going to look at is that there is kind of like a finite, uh, you know, a finite number of resources, and like even some of the more impressive decks, they can just run out of steam, and and I think that's something that we're having to learn how to play around because we're so used to just playing out all our cards because we'll just make more. And now there is actually, like, you actually have to play with the cards in your deck, which is, like, something that I didn't expect to be doing outside of, like, the classic format. Like, the classic format felt so different because that's what you were doing. And now it feels like we've kind of gotten back to that a little bit. There's still outliers, obviously. Um, But, you know, I think that that's a good sign, even though there are still some, you know, some, uh, you know, inconsistencies there. But... I'm not going to say this is the best meta ever. I'm I'm going to say that I'm enjoying the games, even if I find the decks a little bit stale. But if you were to look at what Hearthstone is now, the way I would explain it to someone that was coming back to the game is, if they knew then, seven years ago, back in Classic, what they know now, this is what the, the first version of the game would look like. 
if all the original Hearthstone devs looked at the seven years of experience they'd gained, say, okay, let's make a new Hearthstone 1.0, but in but now you have a little bit of generation, rushes in the game, you have effects that are slightly more complicated, but not a lot more. But the class identities feel really distinct. Every class kind of does a specific thing that you kind of get an idea of. All right, this feels demon huntery. This feels roguey, whatever. Uh, yeah. You know, the paladins feel paladiny, and the games are different. And there's a good bit of board interaction, and there's just not a lot of random scammy crap. But there's some scams. There's some. There's definitely some scammy, but it's, not as that much. That can definitely happen. Well, it's I lost earlier today to double ring toss two turns in a row. Like it's you know that they there were a lot of ice barriers involved that they were not starting yeah. in their deck. But there's a little bit of generation. Um, you know, it's not a crazy amount, and the generation feels more powerful because the bad cards are gone. And I know that there there is some relevance to having, um, air quotes, skill testing cards. But I'm just glad that I don't have to deal with picking crap off of discovers anymore, and that they're it, theoretically pricing generation cards a little differently in the future as they've already reflected their philosophy by nerfing Jandis Barov and hopefully for a future nerf for first day of school or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it feels, this feels almost like a detox, right? Like it feels like we've been like, you know, so used to all this random generation that this is like, we're having to relearn how to play and which is good. I mean that you, you need to have some of that in a game like this. that has been around for as long as it has, you kind of do need to have like a, just like a seismic shift, and it does feel like a seismic shift now. I mean, it was the first week and a half that we were in early access was a little rough. Um, my but... mood about the game was directly related to how many lunacies on two my opponent had, um, and so when I was playing something off meta, and my opponent was was on a class that was not major paladin, I was like, "Wow, this is great! There are flashes of brilliance here. This is awesome." And when I was playing hunter, and my opponent was on mage, I was like, "Wow, this is fantastic! Get bent mage." But then all the games where they had lunacy on two, and then one of those games uh, felt pretty bad. And I'm glad they moved at a reasonable pace. And they said they're going to move even faster next time. They're going to aim for a week and a half after release instead of two weeks. I don't think that it was too slow. But I would have played more if it was faster. So yeah, I, I think. But I think by that like Thursday after after launch, I think we were all kind of okay. This is enough now. Now we can. Now we can. We can move on. You know. They just they moved and, it from losing two weekends to losing one weekend. And I think that is a reasonable target of making sure the second weekend is a different experience from the first one if it needs to be. And like Crabtasm is saying in chat, also the watch post changes, it would have been a long year or two if they left those the way they were because they were so efficient that, that you were just incentivized to not interact with them and make your own cards worse for the entire game. And that kind of sucked. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I you know, I'm, and I talked about this on, on the show a couple weeks ago, like I'm willing to give them that, right? Like, yeah. Make mistakes. Fine. As long as you're willing to fix them, make the mistakes. No, we'll, we'll know that we have a week and a half where things may not be optimal. Don't, you know, I mean, uh, unless you're a qualifier, playing try and grind qualifiers, then, you know, Lord help you. But other than that, you know, it's like, then you know that that's kind of kind of be, we're going to have a week and a half. We're going to try some things out. Then this, then, then this, that actually starts. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. Like that's, you know, that's a reasonable exchange for having them try and take more risks and try more things that maybe they don't work out as well as they hoped. So, so anyway, but uh, you know, that's a lot of preamble and we have a lot of decks to talk. We have almost 30 decks to talk about. Um, yeah, I, I some of these will so. get more time than others. This first class, uh, might not get as much detail here just because it's kind of not a great class right now. 
Yeah, and, and there's not, like, a whole lot that's different going on, like, I'm, which, I mean, you would expect with Demon Hunter just because Demon Hunter had the fewest cards rotating out, so we're kind of working with the same stuff that we've been working with. Um, we have up on the screen, if you're watching the stream, the the one kind of newish deck that's coming out for Demon Hunter, which is the mid-range Demon Hunter, which is basically just a bunch of good curve cards, Kazakus, and then you have, well, okay. It's a bunch of curve cards. It's a bunch of curve cards. Whether they're good or not is up for discussion, but you're, I mean, generally the reason you're playing the deck is just to get to Illidari Inquisitor, which is a house. And oh man, that card that is card. unbelievable. Unfortunately, or actually maybe fortunately, the rest of Demon Hunter doesn't line up with the format well enough, but Illidari Inquisitor is so good that the OTK decks are starting to run it. It's it's crazy. I can't believe the card has rush printed on the card and and when you play it and they have a taunt up and then the taunt dies and then your opponent dies in the same turn. It's like, how did they make this? It doesn't come up a lot, and late-game cards need to be relevant and impactful, and it is relevant and impactful, and Demon Hunter is not a great class right now, but every time you will, you play with Illidar Inquisitor, in my experience, it feels like you're cheating a little bit. Yeah, and, and it's kind of just like this this cloud that's hanging over the game when you're playing against it, because like, you know turn 8 is coming, you know that's the, that thing's going to hit you in the face, and you, you're just kind of doing everything you can to kind of stave it off or end the game before they get there. Um, but I mean, that's, that's basically the whole reason this deck exists is basically like do as much damage as you can and then get the Eldari Inquisitor down and then try to end the game that way. And, and it works sometimes, not all the time, not nearly enough, but it works. Um, it, this was a lot better, you know, this was a lot better when, when Spell Mage was most of the meta and nobody was dealing, nobody was worried about weapons or taunts or anything like that because, I mean, the the full first week meta, and we have some decks that are sprinkled in from there, was basically banking on the fact that half the meta was a deck that played no taunts and played no weapon removal. So, you know, playing weapons and going face was kind of the way you would do it, and this this was built for that. Now that we've kind of moved away from that and that the, the deck, the meta's more diversified, mid-range Demon Hunter is not nearly in as good of a spot as it was the first week. This is a week two deck that will disappear in about a week. Uh, it is good against the bad stuff that people were trying week one. Uh, really good when people said, no, Deck of Lunacy at, fine is still a f- er, deck of Lunacy at 4 is still a fine card. It's not. And also against Control Warlock, which is another deck that is overplayed because people like it. Uh, if you want to beat Control Warlock, you can play this deck. But mid-range Demon Hunter as of right now, is uh, r- its stock is rapidly declining. It's a very poor win rate against most of the popular decks with the exception of Control Priest and Control Warlock. So you could yeah. play this to beat Control but there are other things that are better off doing. I don't envision this build sticking around very long. And I would even argue that it might get worse against Control Warlock now that they're playing Void Drinkers, because that is a 7-8 that Demon Hunter doesn't really have a great way to do deal with other than sinking 8 damage that could go face into a 7-8 into a taunt, which it really does not want to do, and especially doesn't want to do twice. Yep. Uh, Void Drinker big. Demon Hunter no like big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we can, you know, I mean, then we have the, the one other holdover. This is an older list. Some of these lists are running. This is OTK Demon Hunter. It's still a thing. Um, it's, it's sort of, well, it's a thing in qualifiers. They're in like qualifiers. Half, oh, yes. 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 On ladder, I would not, but uh, in qualifiers, it, it was in half of the qualifying lineups this past week. I, and I still don't know if I would. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would either, but it exists, right? It, it's it's to the point where I need to find somebody to teach me how to play it because I need to cast. I'm probably going to need to cast it next weekend. So that's from that perspective, it's real. I, on ladder, I wouldn't ever, 
but in in qualifiers it, it still is a thing because it counters certain things but um and you can do a fair amount of damage with it um the new the new cards that are in it are um I'm trying to remember like this this is a this is actually a weirdish list now that I'm looking at it because it's running sigil of flame and I I'm not sure if that's typically in the list but talented arcanist does buff your damage up quite a bit that's a uh, battle cry uh two mana i forget what the stats on it the stats on One, it don't three. matter because it's never sticking around yeah um that gives your next spell this turn as plus two spell damage so that's kind of replaced the um re- replace the aug merchant in the list because two is bigger than one i did the math um, and that when you're when you're doubling and doubling and doubling that extra one damage across the board on a fell screen blast is a lot. I think I got hit for over a hundred damage in a game um, the other day, which is that's a lot of a lot of damages. Um, yeah. But it's you a know, good I mean, amount. Other than yeah, yeah, I mean, other than that, the deck's pretty similar. I mean, you, you changed up some of the draw, um, but that's that's really there's not a whole lot different. It is what it is. It wins. It beats the decks that it beat before. It loses to the decks it lost to before. And there are a lot more of the decks that it lost to than the decks that it beat um, before on the ladder right now. Yep. In in qualifiers, it has a 47% win rate last week. Uh, on the ladder, in Legend Ranks the last three days, it has a 45% win rate. It is the uh, top deck in Tier 4 on HS Replay, right above Death Rattle Demon Hunter. Sorry, DH. Your uh, new mechanic yep. didn't really make a great landing. Uh, the The... OTK Demon Hunter tends to be a deck that is popular with really strong players. And just going to add a little note here. This is not the Vicious Syndicate podcast. I'm not going to mean about skill caps or whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to say that high-level players are the outlier. It's not about the deck. It's about yeah. the person piloting it. They theoretically could win with all sorts of things because they consistently do win with all sorts of things. And the people during week one of Dalaran qualifiers, a lot of known contenders that have qualified many times before i would highly question bringing this deck to either a tournament or ladder unless you really know what you're doing with it and in general and 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 it's also worth mentioning those are three three deck conquests with with a ban right so you can make a meta read and you can assume that you're going to beat one of the two decks that you're going to leave up most of the time if you're if you're confident enough to bring this deck and still it'll fail on you so, but I think that, you know, in a, in a very condensed format like that, where you just need to get it to win once, that's a lot different than trying to win above a 50% win rate on ladder. Like if you just need to get the thing, you can, you can have a, you know, a 45% win rate if you're losing one game, but then beating, you know, beating the other matchup that you're targeting. That's a fair strategy in conquest. It doesn't work out for ladder. So this is this is your this is your regular lecture on why tournament decks are are different than than ladder decks but anyway so we will um we we've we've said enough about otk demon hunter you know how the deck works you've seen it you you don't we don't need to discuss it much more um there was a death rattle demon hunter um i should be saying whose lists these are that we're that we're talking about actually the um the ot the otk demon hunter was tice's um from early from early in uh i think he took that to gm last week um this is john bray's death rattle and this is from week week one of the metas this is before the nerfs um and i mean it is kind of what the death the death rattle cards are are dictating you're going to build the deck as you're building it with a lot of smallish death rattles that are overstatted or or have some sort of a, an effect that generally summons another death rattle the, the four mana five seven the four mana five seven death rattle you take five is is very large it's a large it's very big yes especially if you get it for free 
Like, that's a big thing that it's very hard for somebody to deal with if they're already trying to remove your board. And then, you know, you have Tail and Forgering, which is also a death rattle, and then you are try- just trying your- to get yourself to Death Speaker Blackthorn so you can summon three more death rattles, who also summon death rattles because I heard you like death rattles, so I put death rattles in your death rattles. And, um, and, and so that's basically the deck. And, and, you know, if your opponent doesn't have enough removal, you will get there. But this was also relying on, on watch posts. And watch posts are not, at least the far watch posts, and they are not nearly as good as they used to be. Yeah. Um, this deck was fun on day one and was bad then and is bad now. So I am looking forward to more Death Rattle Demon Hunter support being printed in the mini set because there's no way they're not printing more. I could even see them buffing this archetype. Overall, the the archetypes they tried to push, the new archetypes in Barons haven't landed yet, and this is one of the more visible ones uh, where it just didn't really connect. It wasn't really powerful enough, so the class is doing a lot of the same things it was doing but worse. And you can tell how much weaker the card pool is. This deck is playing two Wand Makers even though it lost both Twin Slice and Consume Magic, which were both completely Bananas 1-mana spells. Well, it has Fury's one mana, right? Your Lone Slice, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we went from two slices to one. It still hits you in the face. It just only hits you in the face the one time. It's okay. It is not Twin Slice. And by the way, this is not me saying I want Twin Slice back. I'm glad it's dead. <laughs> Get out of standard. Yeah. That card was yeah. reworked and was incredibly powerful afterwards, let alone before. And we never got to see zero mana twin sites with bladed lady. Oh, that would have been oh, disgusting. Oh god, I just, I just ate. Don't do that to me. Like, it's, oh, that's a terrible. You idea. would go turn four, <laughs> relentless pursuit, slice, slice, bladed lady, attack for six, immune, make a six, six rush. Let's not do that. I, I don't no. like that. I don't like that alternate history. Let, let's let's not do. Let's just get out of demon hunter as quick as we can. Then and and, and it won't take us long because the other the other one that's left is soul demon hunter. Um, this is from a player named Ula Pederung that just hit High Legend with it. Um, again, it's a lot of what you're used to if you're playing if you're if you played Soul Demon Hunter. I mean, you've got all the Soul Demon card, the Soul Soul Fragment cards. Words, um, you know, you're running Militia, you're running Double Charge Chatter Mystic, you're running the Lapidaries, you've got the weapons, you're running Fury instead of Twin Slice. Um, you you run Mancrit because you're a deck that likes to play minions. So you may, I mean, you don't really play that many minions in soul, but you've got, you, you've got room for man crit. So may as well play man crit. You can't, you can't really run Kazakis cause you're playing marrow slicers and shard cider mystics. So you're going to play man crit instead. That's your, that's your neutral. Sure. And it's, it's fine. It's not great in this meta. There are a lot of taunts. There are a lot of big things that hit you back and it's very hard to heal fast enough. And you don't have blade dance anymore, which is kind of a big deal. So it's, it is not nearly as effective at what it was doing as it used to be. Demon Hunter is a case study in a class that loses to a turn two crab rider. So, yeah. you know, uh, but upon brief review of this deck list, it appears to be sold Demon Hunter. Yeah, that's but it. That's, that's all. That's really all you can say about it. That's what it is. I, try, I tried to play it in THL this past week. I lost, I lost all three games on it, even after winning the other two and just got, and it was not close. So, yeah, don't don't do that. <laughs> don't don't make that mistake. All right, that's enough about Demon Hunter. Thank thankfully we're not talking about how Demon Hunter is is ruining the meta because that's been kind of the the um the theme of the last couple of sets. So at least like Demon Hunter is kind of a an average class now, which is fine. It 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 deserves a chance to avoid some of that spotlight for a little bit. It's okay. Kurtris can not let his anger define him. It's okay. 
Um, yeah. He met. We can move on to we can move on to Druid, and um, so Token Druid is still alive and well. This is McBanterface's list. Um, it did lose Savage Roar, but it turns out Arbor Up is just fine. Pride's Fury is pretty good. Soul of the Forest is still good for helping you get there. Um, yeah, we got, kind of. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you're only running one of them, so it's it's okay. Well, the list you have on um, screen has double soul, single pride, which I think is wrong. I would rather have the other way around. Um, yeah. But uh, this is it's this is gibberling, and also you do other stuff sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's it. If you, you, you try to get gibberlings to happen, sometimes gibberlings happen, and then you win. And sometimes gibberlings don't happen, and then you have to try a lot harder to win, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, it's... It's fine. It it's it has very some very good matchups. And if you can stick a board that your opponent can't clear early, then you just get to buff it and, and go hit them in the face and you win. And you know, you either get there or you don't, and you just don't play around removal and hope they don't have it. And yeah, well, that works you can out in a kind of play around hysteria a little bit, and you can make quite a few boards in a row if you have the time. It's you if you have a gibberling opening, sometimes you just win the game right there. Um, if you have to wait until turn four-ish to do anything, that's usually a bit too slow. But if you're playing against a deck that doesn't counter-pressure you and doesn't develop a board in that meantime, you can kind of make board after board after board after board, and it's a little tough to deal with. Uh, but it's you don't have forest aid, so you can't go super long. And you, you outside of the early game high roll, you kind of really center your pressure and board development around turn four, turn five. And that's an yeah. awkward spot right now, but the deck's not bad. And you will just get free wins sometimes off opening hand, tripling coin, anything. Yeah. I mean, the problem is that around then is when you learn, you lose to double school spirits or Zyrella and a bunch of healing um, or brawl or whatever. So it's, it's the problem is just having that one big push and then having to rebuild and giving your opponent time to reload. If you can chain several, um, several, several boards in a row. Yeah. You can get there. If you, have to go all in on one board. That that often doesn't work out for you if that board, if that one board isn't coming till turn four or five. Yeah, and without Savage Roar, you need to make sure that Arbor Up is saved as big Savage Roar, or you need to make sure that you are chipping them down turn after turn after turn. The loss of Savage Roar obviously can't be overstated. It's huge. It makes the deck play very differently. Um, and usually, you want to avoid Solar Arbor unless it's for lethal because. Going all in that one board that one time, it will definitely be uh, more susceptible to, well, like a soul mirror or some kind of big removal or a militia or whatever. That's also seven mana, which is a lot less than five when you're when you're trying to get lethal. I mean, solar into into savage roar was five mana. That was a much it was much easier to do. I mean, even with lightning bloom than than solar into arbor up. I mean, it just doesn't happen as often. And usually, it doesn't happen for lethal. It usually happens to build up a board, which then gets removed. So. But, you know, I mean, Token Druid is, is a deck that some people have had some success with. And, I mean, I, I, I read the, the deck guide from Crane, which is play, if you can, if you can make more than three Gibberlings, play Gibberling. That was the deck guide. So, <laughs> you know. Um, we also have, I, I hesitate to even put this on screen, um, but Celestial Druid is a thing. If you are exactly Cat, this is her list. She is the celestial druid goddess, and I don't know anybody else who's had any success with it. And she just clicks with this deck. Um, it was bugged for about a day um, because the the cards were getting were applying the discounts after the celestial alignment was was played. So if you happen to play some, play against somebody who had 
uh, discounted a bunch of cards, they were all, all all of a sudden all zero, and you just died. That's been fixed. Um, and generally, you're trying to uh, get to a point where you can play Celestial Alignment without immediately dying to whatever your opponent's one spell is going to be. And then you nourish, get a bunch of mana, and then start building up a board. Eventually, you do a bunch of things for one mana and then Celestial again, which will reset their mana, but you now have a gigantic board, and your opponent gets one spell to be able to deal with it, which usually they can't, and then you win. That's how it wants to win. It very rarely works out that way. It very often just happens that you play Celestial Alignment and then you immediately die, or there's a there's a clip from my stream of me playing Celestial Alignment and then my opponent having a an Octobot that they got down and managed to proc it and all of a sudden their hand was free and I said, oh no. <laughs> and that was the end of the game. Um, and there are a lot of ways that this can go wrong and being able to... Uh, other than this, it basically plays like Guardian Animal Druid and Guardian Animal Druid is very slow um, because you, you just don't... Even with the ramp, you just don't get that kind of time with the kind of pressure that Warrior and Paladin are putting on you right now. Guess the win rate for this <laughs> archetype on HS Replay, which is being called Miracle Druid. I want a card called Guess the Win Rate, because we have Guess the Weight. I want Guess the Win Rate. We should, we should have them make a card like okay, that. Okay, Guess the Weighted Win Rate. I, I, is, it, is it above 35%? No. <laughs> 33% win rate. Wow. That's uh, like a card shark's question. You like, look in last seven days... Uh, Diamond through Legend, all lists with Celestial Alignment. There is one list at 39%. That is Ooh, the wow. highest. Then we've got a 37, a 35, a 32, and a 31. This is not a bad deck. This is not a deck. This is a pile of cards. It does not qualify as a yeah. deck. And Celestial Alignment is all kinds of a trap. It's fun. If you can yeah. make it work one out of three games, feel free to use this for quests and casual or whatever. Uh, but it's, this is, it's not a thing. It's not yeah. a thing. Unless you're cat. If you're cat and you're listening, enjoy. I'm, I'm, cat, I'm, cat you can do win you. with, she's British. She could win with a cucumber sandwich. That's, that's fair. That is fair. Um, and I mean, you could also play guardian druid with just, you know, guardian animals and clowns and stuff. I'm yeah, not, you I'm, we're not going to show druid. a separate, yeah. Yeah. It's, you can do that too without celestial alignment. It's basically the same list. It works slightly better, but not much better. It's, you get Primordial Protector, which is a cool card, um, gets you a 10-drop and gets you survival, so, like, I do enjoy that. But, yes, it is step one, overgrowth. Step two, question mark, question mark, question mark. Step three, profit. That, that, is, that is what Druid wants to do. Um, Clown Druid is kind of okay sometimes, but also it's just not very much of a contender right now. You, you just need a lot better removal to be able to not do anything for the first, like, five or six turns of the game. You know, other than other than just playing ramp cards, like you need a lot better removal than Druid has, and Druid just Druid's removal is Guardian Animals. Like that's Druid's removal. I so. would say that is issue one of about five of this archetype. Yes. <laughs> yes. No wait, I called an archetype. That is an issue of perspective archetype that could be a deck maybe someday. Yes. Well, I mean, we have a mini set coming, so you know, maybe they'll give us Celestial Realignment that'll that'll fix the archetype. Who knows. Um, but that's enough for Druid. I mean, Druid doesn't really have a whole lot going on outside of Token, and even Token is kind of questionable. Um, tokens we'll are move right. on to Tokens yeah, are right. Tokens, I don't enjoy playing fine. it because I feel like I'm... The, this rotation was big on what we noticed missing versus what we noticed added, and a lot of decks lost key parts, so I keep looking for Savage War and don't have it. But Token Druid is all right. It's annoying to play against, and if you are a trading deck, trying to trade with this deck is infuriating because they never run out of stuff. 
Never, ever. Right, right. Um, so we'll move on to Hunter, and because I know Sidisi is going to be watching, um, we have more than one Hunter deck. So, you know, we want to make sure that we have adequate representation. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to let my, my crap that I give him in his stream cloud my judgment. Um, but so this is Face Hunter. Um, Face Hunter is, it, I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, Face Hunter is probably, this is really a mid-range Hunter. Like, this is not like the Face Hunter of old. It does do a lot of face damage, especially the Trampling Rhinos. Like, they hit very hard. But this is not like... Or is that what I, I mean, I mean, I, Steve, I, I strive want, for accuracy in all things, we, right? Back I'm in the, the day, know. back in the day, we would have called this hybrid hunter because of the two rules. Yeah. One, it does not have Savannah Hyman, so it cannot be mid-range. Two, Fair. it has cards that cost more than four, so it must not be face. So yeah. because of that, it is hybrid hunter, but it is, it is face hunter in 2021 is what it is. Yeah. It has, it's considered face hunter because it runs knife fender basically like and that's that's what make you, that's what's making a face hunter so if you if you look at trampling rhino's text box like a magic eye drawing and you take the two lines you're like wait a minute that's charge because rush that goes face is charge that's what that is so if you look real closely from the right angle then trampling rhino is charge but like keep it keep it chill keep it on the dl yeah so, but I mean, it, it's a very, it's a very powerful archetype. I mean, it does do what it wants to do, which is go face a lot and it gets there and, and it, you know, it does it a little bit slower than some face hunters of the past, but it does get there. And, and the Ross, the war song wranglers are very good at making the, tra- the trampling rhinos nice and thick. So they do more damage. You run man crit because of course you do. Hunter is the class of four drops that play better than they read. Every four drop in this list Maybe not Knife Ender. Like, Knife Ender's fine, but Piercing Shot, Knife Renling's not Rifle... Knife Ender's a card. It's a neutral. Oh, yeah. So, Piercing Shot, Renling's Rifle, and Warsong Ranger all seem like they read like they're a little too expensive for their effect, and you play them like, no, this is this is a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Piercing Shot's just a removal that happens to do extra face damage. Like, Renling's Rifle is, is getting secrets is good and can just mess your opponent up. Warsong Wrangler makes your Trampling Rhinos thick. And, you know, thick trampling rhinos or good trampling rhinos. You run Mancrick because you also run Barak Kodobane, so you get to draw, like, some two spells that do face damage, plus you get a card draw and a 310 that goes face. That seems oh, like a yeah. pretty good deal. It's so good when you um, hit it. And yeah. Quick Shot is a hell of a card. I played with it back <laughs> in the day, and I remember it being good, and, and I told the story on CC the, uh, last week. I didn't think that it would hold up to modern card power standards, and I was wrong. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Anytime that card is yellow, you're like, wow, I, f- I am I, – like if you're way behind on board but you have a yellow quick shot in your hand your opponent's like below 15, you say maybe I've got a chance. Yeah, I mean it's – you know, two, two mana, do three face damage, draw a card, that seems okay. I mean especially because you don't need that many extra cards in Face Hunter just to get yourself over the line usually. So I mean at that point and, – and I mean tracking not – just not throwing out the other two cards means that you never have those kinds of awkward moments anymore. You just get to discover and you put the other two back in your deck, which is nice. And, and I mean, the rest of the cards, I mean, all the one one cost cards are all cards that we've seen. I mean, other than Wind Prey, which is new, but I mean, you know, Adorable's good. Arcane, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of impressed that Arcane Shot's actually making it into the list. Um, but I mean, you just want as much face damage as many wanting two cost spells as you can get. So you're getting the value off of Brock and it's a good it's a good deck. Yeah, we'd rather not play Arcane Shot, but it works the best out of the options available to us, and you want a critical mass of one-minute spells, because these are Kolkar lands. 
Yeah. And so um, Imprisoned Felma going first and Kolkar going second is a really nice dichotomy of two drops there. Uh, that you want something proactive and aggressive, and you want a different option when you're on the coin and you need to catch back up. And you do not really catch back up better than Kolkar coin anything. Um, sometimes whenever you coin Demon Companion into Kolak, it feels like absolute cheating. Just getting a bunch of two one <laughs> rushers. Yeah, so it, so this is this is a good list if you know you want to be aggro. This is definitely a fair list that you can play. Um, this is uh, what's what's up next. This was a a week one list that I think you just don't get enough time to pull off anymore. But this was the crush OTK hunter that um, hockey boys made popular, but I believe it was Molino's list um, yes. that that he was he was making popular, and this is. Um, it, it's it's very similar to the Face Hunter, except it's got more of a top end. You're running King Crush and Leorox along with a Tail and Forging, and you're running you know Polkel to kind of get those things out. And what you're you're trying to do is you're basically trying to get extra get um, King Crush duplicated and buffed up, and then use Leorox to send them all face, or or you can use Rhinos too, and that's okay too, and just do as much do as much face damage as you can from hand. And again, when Spell Mage was everything. And there weren't a lot of taunts in the way. This was a lot better. When you getting to turn eight to set something like this up is a little bit more of an ask in this meta now than it was in the in the spell mage meta. And this archetype has been this archetype's been optimized. Hattrick actually hit top one hundred legend with it uh, yesterday, though Hattrick as well with hunter decks. Uh, He is he is the uh, similar uh, situation as Sadisi, just hunter, like just a lot of hunter all the time. Uh, So. But Hattrick's list is really good. It's it's taking a lot of the modern innovations. It still relies on True Rain Crescent, which is a really, really strong card, especially with Trampling Rhino. Uh, it runs Tame Beast and goes for just a more board-focused option. And Hunter has a lot of just efficient minions on curve right now, and that's a good place to be in this meta. So I I, I don't have a ton of faith in the OTK, but I have faith in some kind of mid-rangey Hunter, and if you're going to be mid-rangey, you might as well sometimes kill them from 18 or whatever. And sometimes some of these decks that are almost there in the four set meta get there in the five set meta, right? Yeah. So this may be just kind of like a, a port, uh, like some sort of like a sign of things to come. It's always possible. Though remember as well, many set coming soon um, that will be also somewhat disruptive, in a good way. Yeah, uh, hopefully it has lots of five cost, bad five cost minions. That would be nice. Um, and then we, it wouldn't be a um, a meta review if we didn't have one of Sidisi's uh, mad creations. And th- this list. I actually ran into him on ladder this morning, or maybe it was this afternoon. Um, play, he, he was playing this list, and he did uh, quite quite wreck me quite nicely with it. Um, so this is a uh, a death rattle hunter. So we're we're basically building the deck around the deck tops out at primordial protector and jewel of Nazoth. So you play an eight drop and get yourself an eight drop, and then you also get your jewel of Nazoth, which is going to to um, to resurrect all of these um, all these death rattle minions because um, hunter is priest now. And is doing resurrect things when when priest is not, which is interesting. But um, I mean, you have some decent beef in this deck. I mean, you've got um, you know Zixor is pretty good. Bloated Python leaves a four four behind. You got augmented porcupines, um, which you can buff up with the scavenger's ingenuity. Um, and you know, and then all of that is you know has some synergy with the Mokthal Lion, which is the real. The, it, it hits hard. Like 
some of these some of these death rattles are pretty good when you can stick a line when you stick stick them because your opponent doesn't really want to remove them if they can't deal with both halves and then you get to use the lion as a five cost removal and trigger another death rattle it ends up being a lot better than it than we remember it and um and the burning blade acolytes are are also really good death rattles because i mean you know, have a one-one that summons a five-eight taunt, and then you—you know—nobody wants to remove that until they can deal with it. And then, okay, well, I'll just play a lion, and I'll take care, take get rid of your thing, and I'll get my five-eight taunt anyway. Um, and then, and then resurrect everything. It, it does get there, and and I know Sadisi's had a fair amount of success with it. So this could be something that, uh, you know, right now he's the only one who's playing it. But this, it, you know, if uh, if this kind of takes off, this could be a legitimate archetype. This looks fun. I want to try this. Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely it's. It's it's more fun than I would have with typical hunter decks. Like this seems more like a. I mean, I give CDC crap all the time because I call him a priest main who's playing hunter cards, and this, this feels like a priest deck that's playing hunter cards. That's what it feels like. Which is, I I consider that high praise. He may not feel that way, <laughs> but but um, I think this is a fun deck and it's worth uh, giving a try. I mean, at least in casual, if you want something a little bit different. Um, so that's it for Hunter, and then we get to move on to the post-spell spell mage era of mage. Oh, no, wait, it's just spell mage. Oh, no, it's just, it's just the same deck. Um, it is a little bit... Um, it, deck of Lunacy is definitely not nearly as potent on 4 as it is on 2, but you still have uh, more than 30 points of burn, and not all classes heal, and you get a lot of times when a lot of, all, that get, all that damage gets to go face. And you still have Refreshing Spring Water, you still have Encanter's Flow... Um, you still get to use Devolving Missiles, which is still good against, you know, several archetypes in this meta. And you have all the card draw in the world. You have Double Cram Session, Double Arcane Intellect, and Double Refreshing Spring Water. So you get to draw through all your deck, find all your burn, and launch it all at face, even if you don't draw the deck of Lunacy. And very often, that's just enough to get you there. Yep. Uh, cut deck of Lunacy from this deck. Take it out of the deck. It's a bad card now. The... So what would you put in? Just a second flame uh, so strike. the top lists that are running right now, the number one list on HSR does not have this card. I believe it uh, it runs. It doesn't run the Cone of Cold either. Um, we we run double Ring Toss, and Ring Toss is a really oh, yeah. strong card. Ring toss, ring toss is very good. Yep. So double Ring Toss makes sense. The deck that you see here, uh, and then we have in the show notes, it runs more threes because it wanted to transform threes into sixes with Lunacy. You don't need that as much when you cut the Lunacy, so you can run. Uh, you can run a Cone of Cold if you want to, or a Netherwind Portal, or an Ice Barrier if you're feeling it. Uh, but the Double Ring Toss will get you where you want to go most of the time. And this is a Scrap Imp deck now, uh, or a Kalisat deck, whatever you want to call it. Encanter's Flow in the Mulligan has a 67.7% Mulligan win rate. Ooh. The next yeah. closest card is Fonts of Power at 59.5%, uh, an 8% drop. You're basically looking at a 10% difference between having Flow or no. So Flow... Or no, that is the name of the deck. That's the way to go. Yeah. Um, no. But yeah, I mean, we don't need to say much more about Spell Mage. I mean, you've seen Spell Mage even without Deck of Lunacy plenty last week. It still plays that way. It just doesn't. It doesn't often get the Deck of Lunacy, or the Deck of Lunacy doesn't really matter. But all the burn matters. Like the burn is enough. The burn and the and the minion pressure that you generate. The nerf was effective and intelligent because it kept the deck as a as an acceptable class. An acceptable deck, acceptable play pattern. It's uh, at the top of tier three in HSR, forty nine point nine five percent in the past week. Uh, it's the deck's not dead. It's not the best deck. It's an okay deck. But if you like the play pattern, you can still play it and still win some of the time. Um, but there's a more, I, I think, a more fun way to play mage. 
And it may not be better, but it's more fun. And this is, Lorinda called this mid-range mage. I've heard a bunch of different names about it. I've heard it being called Aegwin Mage because that's really the key card in the deck. But it, it's, it's a, because when we saw this, we're like, wait, Mage is playing a deck with minions. What's happening? And it turns out Aegwin is kind of a disgusting card. Um, so Aegwin the Guardian is 5 mana 5, 5 with spell damage plus 2, death rattle. The next minion you draw gets these powers. So the thing is that Primordial Studies will get you Aegwins, and the pool for Primordial Studies is extremely small. So you are very likely to get extra Aegwins. And when you get extra Aegwins, those death rattles stack. So you start getting just obscene spell damage. And this list is even going further. This is a list from a player named Punto. And I, I saw Bach for Life was, was testing some of this stuff out, and he was talking in my Discord about it a couple of days ago. Um, running oh, the Sorceress Substitute? Sources, yeah, it is disgusting. So Sorceress Substitute, for those of you who don't know, and I do not blame you, is a 6 out of 6 6 Battle cry, if you have spell damage, summon a copy of this. Well, if you draw the Sorceress Substitute with the buff on it, it has spell damage from itself. And it will duplicate that buff. So if you ha- now you have two Aegwin buffs on two minions that will go back in your deck. And if you've played more mi- more Aegwins than that, then all of those duplicate. I played a 19 damage fireball with this deck. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually win that game, unfortunately. But I did I, I won I won in spirit because I played a 19 damage fireball. I, I had other spell damage minions on the on the board, it, yeah. Because the, the wasn't map doesn't work out. Six eggwins and a lag lab right. partner, right? But it was it was a lot of eggwins uh, du- duplicated with the sorcerer substitute. I probably had a lab partner or something on board. Yeah, I did. An, I threw a nineteen damage fireball at their face. It was very satisfying. So yeah, and and I mean you're running you're running Kazakis. I don't know because this this list has Kazakis. I've Bach for Life insists on playing double fireballs. I think he's correct because I think you just want more spells that do damage naturally and not rely on things like like babbling book and and um and wand thief to get them for you spell damage mage wants some spell to, spells that do damage huh yeah but it also wants cheap minions because you want the cheap minions with the spell damage to be able to play the expensive things like mask of Cthulhu. but it's um so it's kind of a it's kind of a weird balance you have to stretch there kinda i've heard the argument about babbling book to accept the eggwin buff but that's an eggwin more card and we don't want to do that oh i see i see what you did there uh-huh uh-huh Proud of that one. Yeah. Uh, if you draw your Eggwin, you don't need help. Your deck is already insane. Also, if you ever Eggwin and hit Rass, your opponent's board disappears. Oh, yeah. That's that's also very disgusting, and that's very satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, it, so there there's some, you know, there's a, a few different ways. We haven't really gotten on a, on a definitive build. Some people are playing Wandmakers. Some people are playing Star Scryers because you'd rather have the, the the spells that do damage that are out of your deck rather than the, the one-cost spells that generally don't go face. So you're generally getting... You know, that's better if you need more brain freezes and devolving missiles. If you'd rather have the spells out of your deck if they're fireballs and, mas- and masters of Cthulhu and rune dwarves. Um, but this is, I would, I would encourage you to give this, a, give this deck a try. It's, it's a little bit tricky at first, but generally, I was watching Fury Hunter playing this. He was basically just mulliganing for primordial studies in Aegwin and throwing everything else back, and that was the mulligan. Um, it's probably a little bit more complete, complex than that, but, you know, I mean, Aegwin Ag- has win in the name, so you know do with that what you will yeah and this is the early indications i see here that this is a month one deck that will slowly fade away it's got some pretty rough matchups across the board um i 
enjoy playing with the deck. Uh, but it's it's kind of a struggle to get consistent wins, especially against the good classes. Right now, it beats Priest usually. Uh, you really do not want to see a Rush Warrior. You do not want to see Warrior. You don't want to see Face Hunter either. Yeah, or another mage that has Devolving Missiles. I mean, that's that's generally pretty bad for you too. Yeah, yeah. If, if against against no against no minion mage, um, you don't really have targets for a lot of your removal. Uh, and they have a lot of removal, and you have a lot of things to hit, and also they have more burn than you. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, this this deck, I mean, we we're, were talking about resource management earlier, and I mean, this deck does run out of resources. It, it has a limited amount of burn, and it, it it is not as easy as you would think to generate more. Like, One Thief is not as consistent as you would expect at giving you more burn to throw a face. A lot of the, the cards are board removal tools, and those are generally not what you want, so... Um, but we'll move on from that, and we do have a um, a, a ping mage. I'm calling it ping mage. Uh, you could call it hero power mage. Call it he- I believe it had a moment when we were running watch posts where it was called hero tower mage. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew, um, you're great, and you should feel great. Yes, you you are you are a king among men, Andrew. But um, so this is a list that Warma took to GM, and I believe he won he won the week with this with this lineup. Um, and I mean, it's, it's what you would kind of expect. You're running the cards that you kind of, I mean, ping mage kind of dictates a lot of how you're going to build it by the fact that you're running more dress, you're running reckless apprentice, you're running wildfires, and then you're running a bunch of stuff that helps you find it. And you need more burn than just the more dress because more dress is not going to end the game for you, um, on its own. So you have, you know, rune orbs and fireballs and, and a mask of Cthune and, and kind of all the, the generally good cards that mage is going to run. And, um, you know, you just try to get through your deck as quickly as you can with, um, with all the card draw. Because you also have double cram session, double arcane and elect, double refresh, refreshing spring water. Do we see a pattern here? It's, <laughs> Warma took no minion made and said, okay, what if we put in some minions, though? Just a few. Just a couple. Because we don't, we don't need font. Font's all right. Font's okay. A Pexus Blast is good. I like a Pexus Blast. But refreshing spring water is, is kind of like... When you work at the no minion mage store and, and refreshing spring waters, the chill manager's like, all right, you can have a couple minutes. It's fine. Um, and so we have Jandis Barov, known good card, Jandis Barov. Got Mordrish, got the Apprentices, and Talon. And that's, oh, and Solarian for, for the scams. For the scams. Yeah. I mean, Solarian's also just spell damage and, and just a good card. You can get more Solarians off of Primordial Studies. Yeah. And that's fine too. And, but and I mean, Steve, come on. We play yeah. that card for the scams. You know that. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, of course we do. It's, but. There are a lot more Solarians into Potion of Illusion these days. There are a lot more yeah. of those. Or Mask of Cthune. Mask of Cthune's a pretty good hit off of Solarian, too. Yeah. It's, yeah. They're, they're, I got, dub- it's I got double Mask of Cthune. I was at 26, and I lost to a single Solarian the other day. Oh. With double, ma- double Mask of Cthune, plus some other stuff. I think there was a Rune Orb in there, too. That's a lot of yeah. damage. I, w- I, w- I was not happy. No, I think I think that was on stream. It might it might be on, on in my vod from last night if I remember correctly. But it was it was unpleasant. I thought I had that game locked up because that was like the, I knew that was their last car. They just played Solari and just twenty six me. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not winning that one. That's okay. We, we'll move on. It's in um, solidarity. I will not watch that vod. I don't okay, want to support this behavior. But yeah, no. I did play a game. I played one game with this deck this morning. I beat a paladin stabilizing at one life. And so I will say that this deck is great. But I, I don't actually know if it's good. If you, if you play duels, you can build a version of this. It doesn't work very well. 
but you could build a version of this with the every time you kill a minion with your with your hero power, you summon a mana worm. Ooh. And uh, I summoned five mana worms with a reckless apprentice the other day when I was playing duels. It was fun. That's a lot. So yeah, that's a, that's a lot of a lot of sweet wormy boys. Yes. So. Oh, also. If you Reckless Apprentice, but your hero power is different, it triggers once for each minion. So, for example, if you somehow Reckless Apprentice with a Hunter hero power, it counts the number of minions they have, and hero power is once for each time, plus one for face. It's so much damage. It's crazy. Because it can't, it can't target. It doesn't target. So it just says, all right, you've got one face and five minions. Okay, take 12. Okay, sure. Yeah. You have to work pretty hard to get to that situation. But if you, or you have could a, summon a lot of death rattles, I guess. Yeah. You know, you trigger a lot of death rattles that way, I guess. You could. Yes, in duels. Yeah. You could do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that's that's pretty much it for Mage. And then we can move on to um the the the, the once and future king of the meta, which is Paladin. Um so Paladin got nerfed pretty hard, but you it's kinda of hard to tell, because despite those those nerfs, it's still kicking. So it, it got hit with Sword of the Fallen and with um and with Penflinger. And but Liberum Paladin is still okay. Secret Paladin is still okay. It turns out the best way to play it is with neither of those things. But those are these are both. You can even still play you know Secret Liberum Paladin, but that's it's kind of a few too many cards that don't really do enough. But you know Liberum Paladin without the secrets is it, actually this is Secret Liberum Paladin. I don't know what I'm saying because this is running Sword of the Fallen. And you you I mean Penflayer doesn't go face anywhere. You only run one of them just as a board control tool, and that's generally enough. And, and I mean the rest of the deck is still. Is still powerful, and you still get there with um you know with with liberum of hope and liberum of judgment. Uh, liberum of judgment. Um, I mean that's kind of replacing the one penflinger that was usually the second one in the list. This is even cutting one liberum of justice to make room for a few more things that go face, which seems a little bit suspect to me. But I guess if your pens are all going to minions, maybe that's a little bit easier to do. But I mean one one liberum of justice with no barov seems pretty all in on just being able to use your minions to get through but maybe that's maybe that is enough i don't know yeah it's uh librum paladin is in a bit of a weird spot if you're playing librams it means you want access to librum of hope and sometimes you do other things because librum of hope is a total door slam against a bunch of aggro decks and it's like it's still pretty good but generally the way to play paladin these days is lower but paladin right now is where mage was in angoro or where shaman was in any of the post tunnel trog uh metas you have more good cards than you can fit in the deck. So you can play about three different archetypes, and they all have about 15 of the same cards in common. Then what you do with the rest, like, almost doesn't matter. You can go more expensive, you can go cheaper, you can play Kazakis, you can play Karyol, you can play whatever you want to do. It's, I think Wuling posted that they were hit top 10 legend with Murloc Paladin, because those last 15 cards, throw some fish in there. Who cares? <laughs> Um, I think the one thing that this does have going for it now is kind of the benefit of the nerf is that there's a lot less secret, uh, a lot less silence rather in the meta. So like you can just have sticking Liadrin and playing a whole bunch of Librams of, of Librams of, of wisdom be your win condition. And there's, there's like most decks just can't deal with it. They don't have a silence that nobody's running like Vol'jin or Silas or anything like that. And so sometimes that, that just sticks and that's just recurring damage that your opponent needs to keep removing every turn, especially if you get it down early. That can be... I have lost to that lost to the deck that way, and that is a way that it wins. That doesn't work out well against Priest. Um, I, I, it, it, PSA, if you're doing this, because this happened on my stream last night, if you, if you are in that situation against the Priest, split up your Librams, because they run Ysera, and Ysera gives you Dream, and Dream kills your Librams. 
So I had an opponent who got a got a um a, a Liadrin down with a full hand of of uh, liver of hopes, not liver of hope, liver of, of uh, wisdom, and hero powered played a minion and put all the liberums on the minion that wasn't the hero power, and I just played Ysera and Dream and ruined their evening. Yep, and I've seen Priest find a lot of focused wills lately, which has yes. been powerful enough that it made me realize how miscosted silence has been for seven years that even giving your opponent an objective upside in the three health is still worth running and it still feels really efficient and powerful yeah i I would say that priest is very good at finding those when it is determined to find it like if if that is your win condition you need to look for it you have a lot of ways to look for it it doesn't come up as often but you generally have to have to really fish for it to um to to try to get it which is appropriate because very often you're trying to do that to a crab rider so yeah. you do need to I go fishing. I think there was a game where I was playing Spell Damage Mage against Priest, and I had four Egg Wins, and they had three Focused Wills. So, like, it just happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they just get you. Well, and Mage versus Priest is still still a Clown Fiesta matchup. But, like, it's not it's not the same as it was before, but it's still a little clowny. Um, but, yeah, Paladin has so much that can do. I've seen more and more Paladin decks also include a Murger and Talon, uh, just because you can almost guarantee to hit your Prime on curve and prime on curve is really good because the murloc pool is pretty small uh because they're very small tiny creatures they can fit in a, in a small pool uh and if you get the lush water scout that gives all your other murlocs rush then it's also a militia and and divine shields and conviction are like uh chocolate and peanut butter they go very well together oh yeah yeah that that one mana fireball card that conviction card pretty good that's a that's a good card so yeah. let's talk let's talk about we don't have that in this in either of the in um in the the Liberum Paladin, but we do have that in the Straight Secret Paladin. And again, this is kind of not very different than the list that was being run before the nerfs, but it was just a um but it was just a uh, you know a little bit lower power because of the the nerf to uh to Sword of the Fallen. But it's still fine. You're still running a lot of the same kind of cards. You're still running uh, you know still running the secrets. You're still running Sword of the Fallen to pull them out. Um, you're still running Crab Riders because you can buff them up with Hand of a Doll. And because Crab Rider might be, like, the best aggressive card in the format. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised we don't see it more, but I guess it just doesn't fit into everything. But you also, like, Crossroads Gossiper is still a really, really good card in this in this archetype. Like, incredibly good when it goes off. Um, and there are some lists, I don't believe it's this one, but there was, a li- I think the list that I took to Legend pre-nerf was running Argent Braggart. So that you you pro, you proc the crossroads gossiper and then you throw down a two drop that's got the same stats and again a lot of decks that aren't priest and warlock aren't are just aren't dealing with that many stats that early um, and you know other than that you just run Kazakus and hammer the Naru and you hit them in the face and you 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 make them think really hard on their turns and then you think very little on your turns and you hit them in the face and you win. Yep, and uh, as this list has gotten refined, we have seen as well um, ogre mancers. Another neutral that's seeing a lot of play. Uh, we've seen a few. Uh, well, you add Talon Fordring because Talon Fordring should be in this list. I'm surprised it's not there. Uh, but Ogremancer is showing up in a lot of decks. Um, yeah, it's it's Secret Paladin. That's you know this deck. Uh, the two durability makes the second Oh My Yog in the first five turns a lot less likely to happen, uh, and that's good because that was an incredibly frustrating play pattern. But the deck is still strong and makes big, beefy minions very early and very quickly. Uh, with that being said, I am grateful for the Pen Flinger nerf because that means Paladin decks don't just get a free pass against control. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pen Flinger only hitting minions 
is a lot more fair. I was playing against a, um, a it almost looked like the exact like pre uh, pre rotation weapon rogue as priest with you know, and they were still running penflingers, and they were very diligent about playing out their penflingers even when they couldn't do anything with them just to get use the mana, which I appreciated, and I I ran them out of damage, which I would not have done if their if penflinger was able to hit face anymore. You mean so if it was pen- an in, an unbounded pyroblast? Yeah, basically. Yes. Just you know. It redefines and, and, the format of what you can yeah. actually do with an aggressive deck. And you also hear the voice line a lot less, which is also very nice. I would oh, say. yes. Yeah. Big fan. Um, but, I mean, why play secrets when you could just cut the secrets and play better cards and just hit them in the face that much harder? Honest Paladin, let's go. Yeah, so this is Jackie's aggro Paladin. And we cut the secret passage and we just put in more good cards. We get to run Underlight Angling Rod, which is a weapon that just gets to go face. Um, we have double Ogremancer, double Hammer of the Naru, and we run Blessing of Authority, which it, you don't think of as, a, I mean, it is it is an aggressive card, but it's kind of a very slow aggressive card, but it is very hard for a lot of decks to be able to handle a Blessing of Authority, especially on something like a Crab Rider. You also run Argent Protector, which is a hell of a throwback, just to give some of these minions Divine Shield. And then between the Blessing of Authority, and you also run the Archer Braggart, so you buff up whatever you're getting. And then if assuming that it lives, which it probably will, then you get another one of them. And then you still get to play Conviction, and it's it's pretty hard to outheal Conviction. Especially once if you ever do get to 10 mana against this list, having it hit three minions is is a lot. That, as, as your friend Bodicus would say, that's nine damage, and nine is a lot of damage. It is, though I, that doesn't come up a lot. They're usually either dead or they have complete board control, um, but it is a strong card, and if you can make it to 10, sometimes you, you connect and that works. Um, yeah, it's, I have been impressed with Blessing of Authority. It's been, it's been really, really good. And, uh, it, I mean, this is, when you look at an aggro deck with Ogremancer and Hammer the Nara, you're like, this looks kind of weird, but this is just what decks kind of look like these days. Um, a, a weapon that gets to attack three times is totally worth it for the high end. And Ogremancer is a card that you, that you, it's kind of a weird Lothab that you play it when you're ahead and they can't really play spells to catch up. Yeah. And they have to remove it, right? Like they have to piece together some sort of removal. And sometimes that just gives you more stuff. Yeah. Um, so it, and that, and that's more things that you can land a conviction on, or you can throw a divine shield on or whatever. Like those two twos do add up. And I mean, this is what passes for aggro in this format, right? Like this is, this is about as aggressive as you get, um, this in the face hunter, which is again, we can quibble about face hunter, but that's about the same speed. It's not killing you on turn three very often. I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess token druid is really the most aggressive deck in the format. Because it is the most all-in, but that's kind of a little yeah, bit of a... spikiest. Of an, like it's, yeah, it's the spikiest. I, face Hunter is still, like, it's very clear about what it's trying to do, and it wants to start weaving in the hero power on turn six. Um, it's it's just a little bit slower just because you have less burn from hand, but not a lot less burn. And you can kill people pretty fast. But the the thing about Agra Paladin is you can also crab rider on two and they don't have an answer or a blocker and then you have a hand of a doll conviction and you just hit them for a billion damage you just 12 them on turn three and that can be an edwin van cleef kind of feeling uh so there's a lot going on here it's pretty powerful uh and argent protector being a three two is a huge difference over a two two it's not it's you're not losing money on that deal anymore yeah that's a it's a very good card even if you just have to drop it on curve which you usually don't but you can and and again, there's no sil- there's very little silence in this meta. So like there's devolving missiles and like you know like whatever priest can can um, can discover, and that's basically it. Yeah, 
Though Divine Shield doesn't go as far as it used to with Wound Prey and Cold Car Pack Runner and Bumper Car, which we'll talk about a lot when we get to Warrior, Bumper Car makes Divine Shield look kind of silly. Every time I play a goody two shields on three and they have a Bumper Car, I'm like, well, this feels dumb. My car just dies. Yeah, you need more than two. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but I mean, this is a very good deck, and I've had good. I mean, this has basically been my get myself out of the out of the depths of legend deck, and I can usually climb with it pretty consistently, especially at the jank at low legend. Um, it, it's it's pretty good for for you know fixing your rank if you needed to. Fast games, do me a favor, listeners. Whenever you start a turn, if you have a minion in play and a conviction in hand, count your damage before you make any decisions. You will just sometimes have lethal out of nowhere. Yeah, the conviction fixes a lot of work states it makes it i mean you can you can sometimes trade off a minion that you didn't think you were going to be able to trade off and you sometimes just have enough and you just get there yep. and and i know that we we have been having some questions about what deck should i be climbing with if i'm having trouble climbing this is one of the ones that i would recommend i think that if you are if you are having trouble climbing you don't know what to play try this deck because i think that you will find it may take you a few games to get to get the hang of it but it it just out it outruns a lot of the other decks in the meta and you'll just get some wins just because you're you'll just be off and running before your opponents even getting started and that'll kind of help you kind of get your get your footing too and sometimes climbing to legend we're not we're not going to turn this into a how to get the legend podcast because we don't have six hours but um but sometimes just kind of getting yourself into like a couple of games win streak just kind of builds up the momentum and kind of teaches you what to do and kind of helps you fix your mindset which can kind of help you get back on track yeah and this is a format that really rewards good sequencing and really punishes bad sequencing. So just make sure you're taking the time to pay attention to the order you play your cards if you're playing with Conviction or a whack and hammer or whatever. Yeah, this is... You make more decisions in the first couple turns with this deck than you do in, in the entire game and some, with some other decks, so... Yeah. Speaking of decisions... Um, yeah. yeah. Speaking of decisions, you could play the best class in the game, which is Priest. I don't know. I don't know if, it's, if it is, but it's, it's been improving a lot. Um, and, and I, I, there are a lot of different flavors of control priest. Um, I'm, you know, I, I am fighting my instincts to put them all up separately because you know how much I love the class. And by the way, Zarella is like my favorite, my favorite hero portrait probably of all time. Um, like all of the little interactions, the fact that you're, you're well played is such skill, which is useful for all sorts of exciting, exciting situations. Um, but you know, but this is kind of emblematic of how the deck runs. I mean, there there are a bunch of different ways to build it, and they mostly revolve around, like, how much top end do you need? Are you running multiple dragons? Are you running Cthulhu? Are you not running Cthulhu? Are you running Yogg? Are you not running Yogg? But, I mean, generally you have Zarella, most of the time Samuro, two Scorpids, Mind Render, Alusha, and a bunch of removal spells. And then you have some sort of a win condition at the top end. And your win condition might just be exhaust your opponent's will to live. That's a, that's a valid win condition in Priest. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of like... And against a lot of the aggressive decks in the, in the format, this just works. Zarella is... I gave it a 5, and it's probably better than I rated it. Like, it, it does sometimes have some fail states where, like, you're at 30 and your opponent's at 30 and you can't really heal yourself enough to remove a board in control matchups, but against almost any aggressive deck, like getting a couple of flash heals or, or desperate prayers and like doing 15 to the board feels amazing every single time. And, and Zarella, like I, I know some people are wanting to run Kazakus in control priest. 
I, I cannot, I, I, and I understand the idea because you can raise dead Kazakis and you can get more of the golems. You can raise, you can raise dead the golems. I understand logically, emotionally, I don't think I could ever bring myself to cut Zarella from the deck because she's just that good. And Zarella and Samaro are, are two really strong board clears. And I generally, as a design note, I love the direction they're going with board clears in the game where they're trying to make them into legendaries so that they only happen once per game outside of Discover Shenanigans, uh, and that you have a bunch of notably different feeling inflection points. Um, but Control Priest is good, and there are a lot of different ways to play it. You can play Sethic. You don't have to play Lucia. You can play P Elemental, and P Elemental is just Scuff Librum of Hope. It gains you a lot of health. Um, and you, you don't have to play Soul Mirror if you don't want to. I would play it, but you don't have to. You can play one... Old God, I don't think anyone's playing two. You can play one. I don't can, think I don't think anybody's playing two. You generally it's it's either yeah. Cthulhu or Yog. Usually. Yeah. Oh, but you can play up to two Dragon Aspects. Yes. I don't think you're usually playing Alex in this deck, but Mally and Ysera are both reasonable I, I options. I have been. I've actually I have been. And I've actually been really impressed with it. Okay, you can play it, up to three Dragon yeah. Aspects. Probably not all at the same time, unless you're Sean Smoker. If you're Sean Smoker, yeah. go nuts. <laughs> if you're Sean Smoker, you can put all the dragons in. Um, I, I actually cut the Acera for the Alex because I found that the Cthulhu was having trouble getting there all the time, but sometimes what the extra damage What kind of sentence get... was that? <laughs> I cut the Acera for the Alex because Cthulhu wasn't getting there. Like, is this Battlecruiser Hearthstone? I mean, you, you know the kinds of, like, control matchups I find myself stuck in, right? So, like, sometimes you just, your opponent just has a big board, and you can kind of get there for, like, 22, but you can't get there for 30. So the, the, the Alex was helpful, and it also, it's also a big heal and a big removal, so it's a very flexible card. Um, I also have seen there was a list that I saw that was running none of the big dragons, but it was running double Onyx Mage Tribe yes. just to get more spells. That's also a way that you can build it. So there's a lot of different ways you can... Basically, you, you, like the, the bottom like 24 to 26 cards are fairly static, and then you kind of choose what your top end is. And they, they all kind of play mostly the same way. But if you're seeing a lot of aggression, like this is very good against Paladin. It's very good against Warrior. Um, sometimes the Warriors are a little bit tough, especially with the Troublemakers. That can be a little bit much to handle, especially if they if they are smart and they're saving their conditionings until after turn 10 to get the full value out of it. And they, they're able to get those to hit a lot of minions. But um, if, so if they play their cards out, you know, correctly, it can be a challenge. But you can you can still beat them. And it like a lot of this lower decks, you can just exhaust them out of value the way that we used to do back in back in the old days when I started playing priest. You could actually play intrusion game plan and have it work out. Um, and this is very good at doing that. Yep. And priest has a lot of really efficient removal tools right now. Condemn is great, really really strong card. Uh, Hysteria is is I think the format defining card for a bunch of reasons. It is. I think it is the best removal spell in Standard, and also, most importantly, it is the removal spell that people are the most likely to play into and lose because of it. If you are playing against a Hysteria deck, for example, you have an Imprisoned Felmaw, you can drop one minion, don't drop the second one, because then if they Hysteria your Felmaw, your Felmaw won't die if it has nothing left to trade into. Make the Hysteria awkward, but if you don't do that, you'll just randomly lose to three mana, clear your entire board. It'll blow you out. Um, and, and sometimes it doesn't matter because they just drop a Scorpid, get a Hysteria, play the Hysteria on your one minion and kill it off anyway. Yeah. And, it's, you know, so, yeah. Which is, which is like, Scorpid is much better in Warlock and Priest for that reason because it works really well with Hysteria for a single target removal um, in, in certain cases. But, I mean, it, Scorpid's just good in general. But just having that poison with the interaction with Hysteria makes it that much better. 
And people aren't running Talon quite as often in Priest anymore, but uh, Venomous Scorpid, Wandmaker, and Mancrick are all becoming fairly common. And Mancrick with Thrive is surprisingly good. Yeah, and Raise Dead. Yes. Well, Raise Dead, we know Raise Dead is insane. Yeah. Yeah, but getting extra wives in there for extra card draw and extra 310s is, is pretty good. And the 310, by the way, it's a pretty good stick to, to put an Apotheosis on. Yes. So... You know, that that's that's something in, in the decks that run generally if you're running not all the decks are actually running apotheosis. If you're running wife, I think you are running apotheosis, which means you're also running Samuro. It's generally like are you're you're kinda of making the decision, do I have enough minions to justify apotheosis? If you're playing apotheosis, then you start then you want to include Samuro, then you start considering Mancrick and some of that other stuff. But not all the decks are, are minion heavy enough to really justify apotheosis. I pass it up when I'm playing the light the minion light version Fairly often, because I'll say to myself, just like, am I ever going to get this on a minion? And the answer is probably no. Um, but, it, which is which is kind of, it's kind of funny that Apotheosis is not good enough because of the way the decks is, are, are built. But, you know, that's that's the world we live in now. So up is down and left is, left is right, so. And Priest is moving in a pretty good direction. The format is moving in a pretty good direction for Priest. You don't want to see Control Warlock. Control Warlock is bad, uh, like, as a deck, but it is incredibly powerful against Priest. And so if people keep playing Control Warlock in numbers disproportionate to its win rate, then Priest will have a disproportionately lower win rate compared to how successful it is in qualifiers and how strong it is against really the entire rest of the matchup spread in the format. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you it, Control Warlock is getting better. It's getting refined. But, like, Control Warlock is to Control Priest as Temple Mage was to Quest, Quest Rogue. Like, it, it beats nothing else, but it, it demolishes that, the deck that it's designed to demolish. Yeah, um, well, it's, and, people yeah. think that Control Warlock beats more stuff than it does, and it doesn't really, but the, the yeah. feeling against Priest is justified by the data. Yeah, I mean, and if you see a lot of Priest, then it, it's—and for a tournament where you expect to see Priest, I know I saw Paradox's um, meta report this morning, and he's basically saying, like, this is—you're your, basically beating—you know, there's Priest is 45% to 50% of the tournament meta. It has Priest in the lineup, so you're targeting Priest— and you're, you know, going all in on beating priests is a valid strategy, which means you're playing control priest, control control warlock, and probably control warrior, and Ugh. and that's a valid strategy. Yeah, yeah I know, I don't play. love it either, but yeah, we'll, well, we'll talk neither about of us are playing qualifiers anytime soon. Um, but yeah, this so control priest has a lot of different ways to look. I think this next archetype is stable, but also is not good. Yeah, don't don't play rally priest. We're, we're we have it up on the on the on the. Um, on the screen, this is Letta's, um, Letta's list that he brought to Grandmasters. Rally Priest, I just discovered the other day. I, I hadn't looked at the new player decks. That's the deck they're giving out for Priests in the new the new player decks. And, I mean, I guess if you're as demented as I am to want to pick Priest as your as your new player deck, you, you deserve what you get. But um, you don't, you really don't want to be playing Rally Priest. It's... It, when it works, it looks like it's unstoppable. It really does not work as often as you think it does. Like, you play against it, and it's like, well, wh when does this ever fail? And the answer is, you just sometimes don't draw a Sethic, or you don't draw an Ismani, or you don't draw a Rally after you get both of them, and you just sit there staring at these cards that are basically potential energy that you can't play, because if you play them before you get a Rally, then you're giving up all of your, all of your fuel, but then you're just sitting there getting hit in the face. Um, and that, ha that experience is much more often what you're going to get. If you if you happen to be Leta or Zanin or Dead Draw or one of these players, it's it's kind of like what we talked about with OTK Demon Hunter. If you are an extremely high legend play, high level player who enjoys this deck, you can get it to work consistently. 
I'm I love Priest. I am not that player. So uh, you know your your mileage very much may vary. This deck uh, at Legend over the past week has a forty three point five percent win rate. Uh, play at your own peril. Forty three is actually higher than I would have expected. Yeah, yeah. It, it just it has a lot of failure rates. Like sometimes you just like sometimes you hold the insight in one of the minions and it draws the second copy of the minion except the one in, instead of the one you wanted to hit. Or you have like I saw like this one has Samuro in it and I'm surprised because Samuro is like a fail state for for insight and usually it's just a lot of the decks have started to cut down to just Nasmani, Sethic, and um, this one doesn't even run a Lucia, but, uh, and Zarella. I guess we don't even have Zarella on this list. But, um, but yeah, it, it's, it, it's a tough deck to play. You have to be very good with Priest in general, and most people are not even really good with Control Priest, let alone something like this. So, But if you want to relive the days of Lyra Priest, like this is a thing you can do. I would just stick to casual with it. Um, and then we have a couple of less uh more off meta choices if you if you want to play priest we have a couple of theory really craps like, that people tried on ladder if you also really like hitting people in the face but you really want to play priest because you want to get your priest portrait this is a list from mm uh, is this guard is that his is that his actual name uh, no emm is the people? is a different priest player this is the one that had the murloc yeah. priest list with high priest okay, on yeah. last meta yeah uh, very consistent brand. Uh, this is a priest list where the most expensive card is Knife Fender. So, uh, <laughs> Which we're also running, by the way. Yeah. I think that, yeah. that actually is pretty descriptive. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say that again. This is a priest list <laughs> where the only card that costs more than three is two copies of Knife Fender. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you, you're running Shadow Blast? Spirit. I mean, it's it's Shadowed Spirit. That's the Mind Blast, because that's the Death Rattle that does three to face, three to your opponent's face when it dies. And you just have a bunch of big things. And it's almost like Combo Priest, except you don't have Inner Fire or Divine Spirit anymore. But, I mean, you can take a Crab Rider and curve into Apotheosis, and that's a game plan, right? You've got Crimson it, Clergy, which gets bigger when you heal. And, I, I, I mean, maybe... You've got think, Oasis Rasher, which does damage to you, so you can heal and then trigger the Crimson Clergy. Like, it's all coming together. It's it's a it's an ecosystem. This deck's game plan was to look this way so you would talk about it on your podcast, and we have already given it, it too much time. It has a 100% win rate. It, it's perfect. For whom? For for, M, for EMEM. He, yeah. got, he got on the podcast. He, he did. did. It. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Yeah. And then when we corrupt this deck, it turns into this other deck that you also shouldn't play. Yeah, you also shouldn't play this. And, and well, I couldn't find Kibler's version of this list, which is what I wanted to feature. Um, this is Tic Tac's corrupt priest, and I did try this out myself too. Not not this version. Well, I tried a couple games with this version of the list. I was trying to build this myself too, and because corrupt priest is something that it's basically like my new janky mage. It's the deck that I know is bad, but I keep trying to make it work. How do you corrupt the clowns before Yasharash? I think the idea is that you you discount them with the. With Zanesh. With the with the with the Zanesh and then maybe you play Gahoon, I guess. I I, I, I don't I, I did it right. quite So we play that our five drop legendary <laughs> so we can corrupt this clown with our eight drop legendary so we can hit Yasharaj, which yeah. by the way, at as built, the only card that can corrupt clown in this deck is Yasharaj. And if you discount it by two mana, then you can also discount it with Gahoon, and that's also just it. Yeah. And and for some reason we're not running auspicious spirits, I, I, and I don't know why. That is your first is a question. Really good card. 
I mean, I, I, I played a version of the deck that I liked, right? So, like, Auspicious Spirits is actually really good when you can play it for free. I'm not saying it's That's not a valid a, question. I'm <laughs> saying getting that a free my, drop is pretty good. my line of inquiry is much further back in a big picture <laughs> sense. My first question is, but why? So, I know Kibler, with his version, had a 100% win rate against Warlock. Ooh. He did actually play against Warlock, so it was just going to be your follow-up question. He had, like, 4-0 four, four against Warlock, so... Uh, there's maybe there's something here if you're Kibler and Tic Tac. I would not try to play this outside of a friend quest. If you have a friend quest, this is a perfectly cromulent deck. I don't know that I would play it on ladder. I, I would not expect results with this. But if you are drunk, then that's something you can do. You know, just, you know, don't get upset when you lose with it. There is a list on HS Replay. The only list in, in the Diamond Through Legend range... Um, that has Zanesh in it. And it does not play Corrupted Clown. Does play Auspicious Spirits. It plays two Fleet Hoof Pearl Tusks. That's what that was in Kibler's list too. Those are actually pretty good when you corrupt them. When you when you discount them. You, I'm sure they are. Uh, it plays two P Elementals, and then you have Talon into Yasharaj. Uh, it also plays a horrendous growth. Oh yeah, that is Kibler's. That, that's that is that is actually that must, Kibler's list. This is Kibler's. That, yeah, yeah, that's a very Kibler card to include. Yeah, but but I mean, if you okay, so the the dream. Oh boy, though, that Mulligan win rate. That growth <laughs> actually does look horrendous. Forty three percent. But the dream is you is you corrupt it with Zanesh, and then it's free, and then every card you play corrupts it. It just gets big. It's just a big boy. It gets my, thick. My dreams don't go that direction, but you, do, you, do, you know what you want Look, it's do. like Edwin, just very slow. You do not talk about Edwin that way. <laughs> it is too soon, and I will not stand for it. But imagine Edwin if every card you play for the course of the game would, would make it bigger. I imagine Edwin every day of my life now that he's left us. <laughs> All right. We, we, I, I promise we can stop talking about Priest. And since we've already started talking about Rogue... And, and we're, we'll start talking about Rogue, and, and we'll just go from one absurd deck to another. Uh, I couldn't fit the full name of this of this on the screen, so yeah. I had to I had to shorten it to Curve Lego Rogue, which I and think is just is, This perfect. is not absurd. This is being played on ladder, and it's kind of decent. Uh, this list, I think, has a Yoink in it because Orange likes the card Yoink, and I think Yoink is actually pretty good. I mean, if you have a weapon, right, and you're not, you're not going to be hero-powering anyway, then it just gives you two turns to do something where you wouldn't have done anything for free. Or you get to tap twice, or it's four damage, or it's, it's, it's tough to do. I think Yoink is actually a pretty decent card. We played Sir Finley Murgleton back in the day, right? So, I mean, it's not ridiculous. It's, it's okay, I guess. I mean, it's not what I would choose to put into my deck, but I'm not a rogue expert, so... I hit it off Wandmaker sometimes and think, hey, this would actually, this is actually pretty good. That that it comes up more than you might think, and that's a pretty consistent response to playing uh, Yoink. Even though I I don't know what purpose it serves, but I said the same thing about Wand Thief. Like I don't know what I'm doing this for, and the answer is anything because it's probably yeah. worth it. Um, so it's you would call this Tempo Rogue. A Tempo Rogue by any other name would smell as sweet, but I'm going to call this for this meta. Curve Legendaries Rogue because you're playing Mancrick into Kazakis into the Golem into Jandis. At some point, you want to Tenwu and Alex and do stuff, and you don't need to play those together, by the way. Tenwu's just good with all the other cards that I just said. Um, Bunny Hopper had a really sick turn uh, on stream where he went Kazakis for the one mana Golem that buffs his minions. Golem, Tenwu, Golem, Shadow Step, Golem, kill you. 
so you can do a lot of good stuff there um, and make your board pretty big. It plays the usual uh, cast of characters. I don't like the Swashburglers very much, but Prize Plunder remains an insane card. Guardian Og Merchant with efficient Octobot uh, remains very efficient. Secret Passage is a lot worse than it used to be, but still good enough to play. Think of it as tracking with Upside more than anything right now. It is much more fair uh, because Evil Miscreant, rest in peace. But you can still draw a bunch of cards or do some stuff. And, uh, yeah, this list, it's, it does roguey things. It feels roguey. Rogue is in a weird spot right now where it feels like it should be better than it is. And statistically, it's still a work in progress. Uh, but you can play a rogue list like this with a bunch of on-curve legendaries and field contacts and card draw and whatever, and it's fine. It, it turns out Rogue is not quite as ridiculous as completely overpowered when it doesn't have lackeys. Who would who would have guessed? Well, you know, it's, it's not lackeys in general. It's evil miscreant in specific, along yes. with the Penflinger nerf, which was yes. more of a Rogue nerf than a Paladin nerf, and it was a huge Paladin nerf. It was a very it was a very big nerf. It, it made a it made a very big difference. And so, can we call this Wallet Rogue? This is almost Wallet Rogue with this number of legendaries in it. Well, Mancrick and Alex are free. Um eh. and I mean, you could call it wallet rogue like it doesn't take the full wallet. This is like this is like ATM fee rogue, right? Like it's just a little bit more expensive. Um I could, I could I could get along with that. Yeah. Yeah. But like it's I wouldn't go out of your way to build this. If you really want to rogue, you can rogue this way. It's it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um, it's just good cards. I mean that's what that's that's what a lot of these decks are, just like good cards, right? I mean that's that's a lot of a lot of the decks are, are just that. I mean, that's, that's what all decks are, but it's not like you you don't have as many, like, tight themes. It's more just, like, a, a collection of, of good things to do with, you know, sequential numbers, which is fine. Yeah, it's okay. And Secret Rogue is also a deck you can totally play right now. I think Hanar is actually has gone from the most important part to the least important part of this deck. Um, and that really what you want to do is Blackjack Stunner some people. Because Blackjack Stunner is a great card. A little freeze and sap action. Uh, really good in a board-based format where people are playing a lot of buff cards. Yeah, I lost to one of these decks because they played five Kazakuses. Because um, they shadow-stepped it twice, and I believe they, they either Tenwood once and Stunnered once or Stunnered it twice. And somehow played five of them. And f- five, five is a lot. Five sets of golems is a lot. Um, it, it's, it's a lot more than two. And it was a little bit hard to deal with at the end of the game, but I checked the numbers. You were, you're, yeah, you're correct. Yeah, and and I think one of the reasons that Hanar is so much worse is because Redemption is no longer in the pool. Like that, that was kind of a, a card that you could get fairly often off the first set of Discover, and now the fact, and that would just kind of like you would be able to remove it, but then it would come back. You wouldn't necessarily have an answer for the second half, and now you know that if you're getting the Hanar off the board. It's staying off the board. I mean, it may be hard to tr- to trade off still with freezing trap and with um with freezing trap and um and noble sacrifice still in the pool. But as long as you can navigate the 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 counter spell and and oh my yog and just have something to throw into that, then you can generally use a spell to remove it. Um, whereas with with redemption, you'd have to navigate all that, and then it might still be there, and you may not you may not have an answer for it. Um, so that that feels for one reason, you know, Anar slow and. Against the control decks, you still don't have Penflinger, so you still don't have face damage that can just end a game, and those spells don't get you anywhere. They just slow things down, but the control deck already wants to slow things down. So it's really annoying, but they can usually kill the Hanar, like you said. And then the secrets aren't enough to win the game. 
So Rogue right now is a bit of an identity crisis where it's trying to figure out how can I end games. And I think the answer will probably lean towards more burn. Uh, I know Donkey was trying a secret rogue list that was much lower curve than this, that that played Sinister Strike and Ethereal Og Merchant and Wicked Stabs, and you end up with a lot of damage at the end of the game. Um, but Alex draws as well is just a it's a really large pen flinger that you can use multiple times um, and throw eight damage to the face multiple uh, a bunch. It's an option. I it's, mean, it's if you don't know how to end the game, throw Alex in your deck. I mean, that's that's yeah. kind of like one of the one of the lessons of this meta, which is fine. And Valera always finds a way. She'll be okay, um, but that way is unlikely to be four weapons uh, and a bunch of poisons because uh, the way this deck loses when it faces two opposing minions simultaneously, the game just kind of ends because <laughs> you don't have Blade Dance because you're not a demon hunter, and you don't have War Glaze because you're not a demon hunter, and you don't have Aldraki War anymore. Yeah. yeah, and you don't have Aldraki War uh, Glaives to gain life back because you're still not a demon hunter. So. The Demon Hunter cosplay thing, you can make a big weapon and kill control warlocks. And Cloak of Shadows, I think, is a pretty reasonable card here. Um, but it's... You kind of just buff a weapon and go face a bunch, and then sometimes your opponent has two minions at the same time. You say, well, I can only kill one of those. What do I do? This was better when Spell Mage was everywhere. Just because Spell Mage was... Uh, it, it didn't have taunts and it didn't have weapon removal, and you could just... Put, put a big weapon, make your weapon bigger, and, and play like old Kingsbane Rogue and just keep hitting them in the face until they died. And that, 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 those kinds of depths just don't exist in this meta anymore. Like, Spell Mage is still there, but it's not enough of the meta to be able to go in on a strategy like that. And you just don't have, you don't have enough um, you know, other options. And Cloak of Shadows is a good card, but it doesn't hide you from Mask of Cthulhu. Um, that, is a, that is a card it will not help you against. Yeah, it also um, doesn't silence taunts which are kind of still a problem, and the Librum of Hope just ruins your day because uh, there's no sap. You can't play sap, and not playing sap is a big deal. And if you look on HS Replay, the tier list, this deck is between a Death Rattle Demon Hunter and Lifesteal Demon Hunter and win rate, which should tell you a lot. Probably do something different than this. You know what else you should do something different than? Probably playing Shaman. Yeah. I did have an 11 attack Doomhammer the other day, and that was that was an enjoyable experience for me. My opponent chose to concede the game, uh, but I I would have killed them if I was allowed to attack. Uh, but yeah, shaman in general is just kind of kind of there, and it's kind of okay, but it's not really all that great at anything. Uh, I have heard rumors that elemental shaman may be better than it initially seems, which I hope so because the, it initially seems like elemental shaman, and that's not a really great place that you want to be. Um, but you can play Doomhammer if you want to play Doomhammer. Deck's all right. Uh, you know, it, it's it's all right. It's it probably has a little bit more staying power and a little bit less board reliance than Face Hunter, but not a lot. You do get to play with some powerful cards like Torrent and Dunk Tank, which are both great. And Stormstrike is a great card. Uh, and you have basically three Doomhammers within Nara Storm Crash. But overall, I don't really know if there's a reason to specifically play this deck. Yeah, and I mean, it's not even running Brukan. It's funny that Brukan's not even good enough in a deck that's running Lightning Bolt and Dunk Tank. And I believe, and Stormstrike is also, I mean, I know that doesn't go face. Yeah, Serpent Shrine is also nature, but it's it's just so slow, and you don't want games to go to turn 10, usually. Yeah, and, and you're not expecting it to live if it sticks around. But, I mean, this is, I'm sure that they're, I mean, it's early, Generally, I would expect a control shaman will probably appear at some point. 
the control decks typically take a little bit longer to come around than the aggro decks do and the control and and nobody had really been experimenting with control shaman before so somebody might find a, a control shaman somewhere along the way that that you know once the metal meta kind of settles down and we know what we're what we're playing against but you know right now this is it and it, it's fine um i wouldn't i wouldn't play token sh- totem shaman that's not going to end well for you um and maybe elemental shaman has something there but yeah it's 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 okay, but a lot of the board-based decks just they just get wrecked by by uh by priest and warlock. So yeah, it's um, uh, I if there was a class getting buffed this expansion, it would probably be shaman, probably murloc or elemental. I don't think they're just going to push the burn cards because that's a bad idea. But uh, murloc needs something, and elemental shaman needs something. And uh, the mini set could help us, buffs could help us, but as of right now, Shaman is the least played class in Standard by a lot in terms of game count. And it's not the worst, but it's not great, and it's not a lot of people are trying it out. It's just you don't have a reason to play it over some of the other car- some of the other decks that are doing the same thing, but they have kind of more staying power. So, you know, I mean, it, it, you have to have a reason to want to play Shaman, and I mean, Dunk Tank isn't really good enough. It, it's okay, I, um, I was playing a Shaman deck today, and I dunk tanked seven Hunter minions, and that was a very good reason to play Dunk Tank. Oh, yeah, that's it a very good reason to play Dunk Tank. quite satisfying. But... They Warsong yeah. Wranglered for Wolpertinger, and I said, oh, you sweet summer child. Those three twos. <laughs> those three twos are not going to stick around. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, the, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll figure some Evolve mechanic out, and, the, and then Shaman will be OP for a while. That'll, that's what will happen. Don't you put that evil on me. Don't you do that. <laughs> They're going to do something else you know, for Shaman. Elements are going to be good. I, I know, I know you. I, I know you. You know that that you know every everyone in, and the team five listens to you now. So you know, don't don't put that idea in their head because that would be terrible. I want arid but, stormer decks. I want to play more arid stormers. I want to hit people with two five rush wind furies. Okay, I mean, you can play a a I guess it's not Alakir. It's just kind of a a No, wait, hold on. No, oh. it's some Akir. There's Alakir oh, and Samakir. Yeah. And Samakir, yeah. Yes. I, I prefer Nunakir is what I prefer. Yeah, well, I don't care. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's move on to Warlock. We've talked about it enough. Um, so this is um, a list from a player named FIBA. Um, I mean, the, Control Warlock pretty much, like, 26 to 28 of the cards are pretty much set right now. It's basically just a matter of, like, you know, how much top end do you care to have? How many Twisting Nethers are you running? And, um, you know, are you running Void Drinkers or not? And I think the answer to that, to the last one, should probably be yes. Um, Void Drinker is a very big minion that comes out early and soaks a lot of damage. Um, And, I mean, we've kind of forgotten about it because it hasn't been good enough for a while, but there's not really a lot of removal outside of Priest, which you're going to beat anyway, so you don't care. Um, but against the rest of the decks, like it's 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 kind of a, a brick wall that like a warrior or a hunter or a paladin needs to go through, and it, and it soaks a lot of damage, and that kind of just buys you enough time to get to your to your militia and your twisting nether, and um you know, and to corrupt your cascading disasters and and stuff like that. Um, you do run one venomous scorpion in this list. Sometimes you run two. You usually run Tamsin because Tamsin's a lot of healing when you can get her to go off, and um it, it's again. It's not great on ladder. It's much better in tournament formats where you're targeting priest because this is just it's it's almost unfair. Like you you have the priest has to do very very specific things in order to win, and it's very very difficult to get all those things to happen. 
Um, and Jaraxxus in, in a slow matchup is very hard to beat for any other control deck. It just, that that recurring, I mean, we, we knew this, but it used to bring you down to 15. It was pretty easy to beat, beat you from 15. But when you're at 35, that's a big difference than 15. Yeah, it's uh, having 20 more life is good. Yeah. Um, yep, yeah, it's Control Warlock is a linear deck. You play half your deck as removal. There's some amount of minions that make you not die and other cards that make you not die that are not removal, like an armor vendor or a spirit jailer or whatever. Um, and then you have Jaraxxus and probably Ticketus and Jasharaj and... And some strong win, and that's it. Yeah, and that's it. That's yeah. what you do. I'm, yeah, I mean the deck is not. It, it it's pretty. It's pretty sad, right? Like there's not a whole lot you can do with it. Most of the cards are removal. They're all going to be there. You're doing all the soul fragment things, and then the rest of the deck just kind of built itself. It's just like you know a couple of the tech choices here and there. Um, it's fine. It's much better as a tournament deck than it is as a ladder deck. But you could play it on ladder. But you probably will be playing against a lot of other warlocks who are stuck at the same ranks that you are, and trying to find the priest to farm. Also, it's worth noting, people just like playing this deck. This is the big pui- big priest or the quest uh, shaman of this meta where its play rate far exceeds its win rate in terms of proportionality. Uh, people really like doing this. People really like casting Ticketus. Uh, and it's been a uh, hot topic in the community um, most of the time. The vast majority of the time, if you are losing to this deck, you are losing to removal into Jaraxxus. And Ticketus is a blank six mana eight eight that turns into a that they get a zero mana eight eight later. It's not because of the cards that were burned, it's because they removed your stuff, they kept board, and they played like Militia and Titraxis and whatever, and then that's how you lost. But it is a, a linear play style that people enjoy and they like ticking people and they like playing with Jaraxis again, and I also enjoy that. And so you're gonna see more of this on ladder than you would expect, and it's probably gonna stick around even though it wasn't winning before and it's not winning now. Yeah, and and the way to think about Ticketus is they're all, they're actually kind of saving you time because really you're not doing much. If you're getting to the point where they're able to Ticketus you, those five turns are probably not going to make that much of a difference, and they're just speeding up the game. That, that's all they're doing. They're just making it so you get to fatigue faster and you run out of stuff faster so that you, the game ends faster. That that's really all it is. Like the the cards, the actual cards that they're burning, unless you're a com, unless you're like OTK Demon Hunter and they burn your your Ilganoth, it, it doesn't matter. Like those cards no. weren't going to help you probably at it's, that point. Jaraxxus is the win condition against Priest. Ticketus just makes it faster, but it's Jaraxxus. Um and it, just everything they do, Priest can't stick a board and can't stop endless six sixes. So like you know that'll happen. Yeah, but there's a more fun way to do this, which is setting your deck on fire. Ooh, and yeah, I enjoy yes. Delete Warlock. Yeah, I, and I, I am a known proponent of this deck. I mean, I, it, it's it's karma after the all the Lakari sacrifices that I opened. But um, but Mill Warlock or Delete Warlock, this is Mega Gliscor's list. He run a, he won a qualifier with this deck. Um, and it, it's it's kind of I think people don't really understand how to play it, which is. Because I, I I posted something about this the other day and and someone was like well yeah I just I just play all the all the cards that that mill cards and then I hope to win and it's like well no that's not how you play the deck because like you can't you can't just burn cards from your deck you know mindlessly you actually really have to understand why you're burning cards from your deck and generally the reason is one of two things against aggro you're burning your cards to get down to ten so that you can play. Um, Bloodshard, Bristleback, and um, Baron Scavenger, which are both 
amazing when you can get there when you get get them turned on. And against control, you're trying to get down to zero, but you're trying to get down to zero ideally without having burned Jaraxxus and or um, Envoy, preferably Jaraxxus. Or Nero. Um, because you can Nero. Or, or well, Nero too. I, I guess that was kind of that kind of went without saying, but yeah, you generally want two of Nero, Envoy, and Jaraxxus um, in order to have like an end game win condition. Um, like because the imps don't matter as much as Jaraxxus does, really. Um, but they are they can win you games. And having that much to be able to trade with if they can't actually clear it is actually is actually relevant sometimes. Um, but it's it's um, it, not as often as you would think, honestly. Like the the imps actually don't generally matter as much as just Jaraxxus and just being able to to just have infinite value. Um, but but Soul Rend is also a truck of a card. Like oh, it's being really, able really to good. do really yeah. good. Being able to to to, flame, to new flame strike your opponent for four mana, even if you're losing a couple cards in the process, it, it it's very very good almost all the time. And and again in the in the games where you want to play it, um, typically you're going to get yourself down to the ten cards so that you can start turning on the bristlebacks and healing up. So you're generally just trying to survive the early game against aggro, get yourself down to ten. You're going to throw out your altars of fire to whenever, basically, just to get yourself down to ten. And then start launching the blood shards to heal up, and and that works out pretty well because the six heal deal six heal six for three mana with a life steal minion left behind is a lot of value for three mana. That's that's it's absurd how much value is in that card. Yeah, when the deck size cards are yellow, they're they're really really strong, and you will just sometimes win games as well by making multiple six sixes for for really cheap when you're not supposed to be able to. Yeah, I mean, being able to just get down to 10, 10 mana and then, you know, delete delete a minion that's causing you trouble, heal six, drop two six sixes alongside it to protect it, and, and have that be lifesteal, like, whew, when it works, it works really well. It just, it's, sometimes it's hard getting all the things to align to get there. And sometimes, sometimes you burn pieces that you need, but if you're, if you're burning cards um, deliberately and not just tossing them out, that happens a lot less often. But that's the skill on the deck. People think it's just, well, I'm just going to burn my deck and I'm going to win. And that, that, that is definitely not how you win with this deck. But if you understand how to play it and you burn, you know when you're, when you're willing to take that risk. And there's a lot of risk-reward, which is interesting. It's a different play pattern than we've really had in this game. I don't, I, I, I'm trying to think of another deck that was very similar to this. And I'm, I'm really struggling with like anything that was very much like this. Maybe like original handlock. With yeah, just like going down that far in, in health and original and mill like rogue that. was a little similar um, in a way, but yeah, it's, it hasn't really been it hasn't taken this form. This is definitely a different a different resource to manage and a different payoff for it. Um, I, I should note, yes, it is not intuitive to play. It's also not a not a great deck. It's a fun deck. It's a fun deck, and I enjoy it. It's not a great deck, but it's fun. I, I enjoyed it. I have played this. Um, it has a under 40% win rate as an archetype on ladder. It's really more meant for tournaments, if that, but it's all right. Yeah. Uh, Chad is pointing out it's kind of similar to the deep mechanic in Legends of Runeterra, which is fair. I mean, that that is kind of similar to that. Yeah. Though there are a lot more payoffs in Runeterra. A lot more. Yes, very much so. And I guess Mayokai is kind of like a ticketist when you level him up, but that's another. That's yeah. not a here nor there. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, we technically have one more Warlock deck, Funky Monkey. You're great, but I'm not ready to call this deck yet either. 
This is something that Funky Monkey played on his stream, and Funky Monkey is great at winning with all sorts of stuff, especially if they have animated yeah. broomsticks. And this is a zoo deck in a format that is extremely hostile to zoo. Yeah. And, and I mean, Funky Monkey did bring us Liberum Paladin originally. Um, I mean, he he can sometimes strike gold with some of these things. I don't know if this is going to do it, but this looks like about what I would want, what I would expect Zoo to look like if we were building it this way. I mean, tossing the, um, you know, the, the, what's the, I can't even remember now, the five drop, the five, five for four mana that discards Oh, Nightshade Matron and Hand of Gul'dan. Yeah. Thank you. So we, tro- we toss both of those for backfire, which just makes sense, right? I mean, you're playing, you're playing Dark Glare anyway, so you're just getting the three cards, and then you're just taking the three damage. If you happen to have a dark layer, then you get to heal for you get to get the extra mana for that. You have healing in the deck um, anyway. Um, you're running you're running the soul shards and you're running Minari Mosher. and then you basically just top out of four except for flesh giants, which will get cheaper when you backfire and when you when you start hitting yourself in the face and healing up. So I'd say you top out you top out at three except for Kazakas because those flesh giants aren't going to cost more than three. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And Kazakus is just a good card. You really don't know. You don't need more than one card that costs more than three in that deck anyway. So I don't know if this is good. You can try it if you really love Zoo. Let us know. But it's it's a, it's something you can try. Funky Monkey. It worked for Funky Monkey, but your mileage may vary. Yes. We are coming up on the two-hour mark, Steve. So I don't yes. mean to rush you. Oh, I, I see what you did there. But we will go through the Warrior decks quickly because most people have probably seen Rush Warrior a lot anyway. And they know kind of how it works. This is No Hands Gamers list. Yeah. Um, there's a few different versions of this, and I, and I imagine that that will kind of get settled out over the next week or so as far as, like, what the optimal way is to build it. Whether uh, It seems like Outriders acts no, but there are some questions around whether you run ETC or not. That seems like it's still, it's still kind of an open question. Do you run Watley or not? It seems like that's mostly settled. Yeah. Um, Watley's, but, Watley's pretty strong. We need card draw in this format yeah. pretty badly. Um, we don't need the tent trasher that's in uh, this list. I think ETC is becoming a lot more common. It's just, it's just some damage that you can generate. Um, there are a lot of really powerful synergies in this deck. It's A lot of times I'll see like playmaker, bumper car, uh, parade leader. You get those three in play, just everything dies. You build your own militia, and you have a handful of giant tokens. Uh, conditioning, the hand buff card, and run thack both really impressed me in ways that hand buff hasn't in standard before. Uh, Rokara, obviously insane on curve. Crab Rider, obviously great, period, especially with all the buff cards in this deck. It's, this, this deck is more challenging to play than it looks, and you really have to practice extracting maximum value from your cards, especially your conditioning and especially your rush synergy cards. Uh, bumper Car and exploiting extra copies of Bumper Car and then making a bunch of tokens in your hand that you can boost like a quest rogue, you kind of have to yeah. do that. Yeah. Or if you can double a Rokara with a Playmaker, that's pretty good. Um, like, I don't love No Hands' list just because there are some cards in there. Like, Wormall Challenger is great when you when you hit, like, the nuts, but very often it feels underpowered. Like, Shield of Honor feels kind of awkward a lot of the time. Like, it's it's great. Like, there are some of these cards that are real. They, they're, I wouldn't call them high rolls, but they feel like when they work, they work amazing. But when they don't work, they feel like dead weight. Yeah. I found Wormall to be pretty good with the hand buff and, uh, and Shield of Honor really good with the Crab Riders as expected like sometimes you just kill people out of nowhere and the deck does need some kind of way to close the gap but it it yeah it feels like it's an early meta take on this archetype which i think will have some depth and have some growth and is performing very well but also needs some optimization yeah i mean it feels like a lot of what you want to do is kind of get some tempo on board while still being able to hold back kind of your power synergies but you don't have enough 
tempo cards in this list to be able to do that consistently. Um, like, you have some of these cards that are kind of, like, value cards that you're having to hold on to. And if you draw, like, too many of those at once, then it's just you're just kind of sitting there waiting for waiting for, for your next turn to be able to do something. And if you wait too long, then you just get blown out. But also, sometimes that's the right play against something like Priest to just be able to basically wait because they're not going to do anything anyway. And then just, you know, build up a whole board, a whole handful of, like, 5-5-1-1s five, five, one, and, and start hitting them in the face. And that, that works out. Yeah, it's, um, but it's yeah, a you'll deck see this a lot. It's harder to play than it seems, and there's a lot of opportunity to maximize value and manage resources and and sequence well, um, yeah. and recognize the playing for synergy or playing on curve. Uh, it's I think that we'll see this deck do better over time, just because it's it's more complex than you might think. Yeah, it, it, it looks like because you see no hands gamer like oh I you know I I want, got like seventy percent win rate. At beat everything and it's like then you try it it's like oh i have a bunch of wet noodles in my in my hand what do i do with this and it does take it does take some reps to be able to learn it yeah yeah um and and an archetype that is not doing nearly as well as control warrior um this is the one that did not fit on a single screen so there is a cthune at the at the bottom of this oh is this d money's list this is d money's list yeah yeah it's d money did well with this list i think like the day of the nerfs um i the top end is very heavy, and I question. I like Mega Gliscor's list a little bit more, which does play Alex Ysera Cthun, um, and it has a Silas Darkmoon in there. Uh, but I, you know, you can play a Control Warrior, and Outrider's Axe works in Control Warrior because you have cards that get you the armor back. You can't really play Outrider's Axe and Rush Warrior because you don't have ways to gain the life back. There's no shield block, which is a huge absence. But in Warrior, you have... Rancor, which can gain you a ton of armor, kind of out of nowhere. You have Barov to go with it. You have uh, Kargath Prime, and just a lot of removal with the minefields and the blade storms and and the shield maidens uh, for armor gain and whatever. Um, and you get to grind people out. So it's kind of a thing. Um, I don't think that it's doing great in qualifiers. You would know better than I would. Yeah, it, it's it's targeting priest, right? Because the, the, the idea with this, and this is what Paradox wrote, is that basically you're running Cthune and they're running Cthune, but you're going to have armor and they're not going to have armor. So basically you're both just going to sit there staring at each other most of the game, and then eventually like they try to play their Cthune, but they don't, they, you have still 20, 20 health left, and then you play your Cthune and they die. So that's kind of the idea of it. Um, I mean, I did play the, play the stack against a mage today, was able to Rancor for, ended up with 18 armor off of it, and still lost the game because <laughs> they just had so much burn. It didn't matter. Um, I, I there, there's probably some, um, you know, there's some room for this. There are some lists that are running Bulwark of Azanoth. Um, there's some lists that are running Corsair's Cash to get the Bulwark of Azanoth to get an extra extra hit on it. Um, you know, there's there's a few. They're still trying to figure out. Like this list is running Vol'jin for very specific reasons that are qualifier related. I don't remember exactly what they were, but this is not like Vol'jin's not the card I would want on ladder just because there aren't. Like, unless you're seeing a lot of Liberum Paladin, there's not really a whole lot of hits for it. Um, um, I believe they're playing Vol'jin against OTK Demon Hunter. That that would make sense, too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so that is all of the decks. I mean, there's probably not all of the decks. There are probably some more fringe decks, but, you know, we only have so much time in the podcast, and we've already been going for two hours. Um, so um, that's where we're going to end it. But um, how to get it, you know, thank you, as always, for coming on. This is, you know, one of my favorite episodes like this and the card review are, are the things I look forward to the most every expansion cycle. So 
I'm, I'm glad to keep doing it as long as you, you're willing to keep coming back. And, and, you know, I know everyone loves, loves hearing this. I know you get to talk about the, the meta on a weekly basis, but it is, it is kind of fun to just run down everything and kind of, you know, everything that's good or not, and just kind of give an overview and, um, and, and give people some things to play, even if they didn't pull the cards that they wanted for like whatever the meta breaker is. Yeah. I mean, I always love coming on here. I always love talking about decks. I mean, you know that, uh, and there are a lot of interesting things going on in this meta that, uh, I, I think that we've got quite a bit of time before we really know where this is going to go. And I expect that they'll nudge some things probably like uh, right after the master's tour. Um, and then a uh, month after that, we should get the mini set probably like end of May. So I think that there's going to be a lot of flux and a lot of change. And I'm really curious to see where this all goes. Yeah, me too. I, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about where, where we're going to go. I mean, in fact, this is early and it's still kind of unsettled. And it feels like there's a lot of room, right? And and there's room with the mini set, and then there's room with the next couple of sets. And it doesn't feel it feels again like a detox. It doesn't feel like we're doing the same things anymore. Which you know, spell mage and, and liberum paladin, like that was kind of like an aberration. We got out of early access. It's fine. We fixed the we fixed those things. And now it feels like kind of a more meta where there's room to grow, and that that's all we really ask for, right? So yeah, and as I'm looking forward to a point where decks aren't a lot of the same neutrals but for now and at least for the next month or two like it's kind of it's kind of interesting um you can you can you can accept it for a four set meta if it's that way for a five set meta we'll have to have some discussions but for a four set meta that's okay well it's if it's this way by the end of this meta i think i would be annoyed but i don't think that it will be yeah it's just a sign of people haven't figured things out yet and those are those are obviously powerful and there may be some subtly powerful things that we need to find that we haven't discovered yet yeah it happens ogre mancer took a long time to find its way into decks so Thanks, Jandis. So, um, yeah. yeah. Jandis. Oh, Jandis. At least they, you know, even at six, it feels unfair, but it's better, at least. Um, so anyway, why don't you tell, uh, you know, everyone who, where they can hear more of you, because they can hear you pretty much around the clock at this point, talking about Hearthstone. Um, there's so a lot. I, you know, yeah. There is a lot. I mean, it's it's all good things, and the more of you we get to hear on the internet, you know, the better we all are. But, you know, it can it can be difficult for some people to keep track of. So if you want to help folks with that, then I think that'll be uh, a service for the community. Yeah, well, the best place to find me is on my Twitter, twitter.com slash ridiculous hat, which is kind of the hub of all my content. But you can also find me over on amove.tv, the angry chicken. You can find me at Vicious Syndicate over at viciousyndicate.com. Um, and you can find me at, at home at coinconcede, coinconcede.com, make the competitive side of the game more accessible to you, where uh, every week kind of bridge the gap between well we're probably targeting the same demographic that we are here of the uh uh, people with jobs that want to figure out what do i do uh if i want to compete on my terms with the limited time that i have that's really what coin is trying to target um and you know uh three different shows three different uh three different ways to look at the game yeah and 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 it's it's interesting to see those from all those different angles and you know i mean i I, and i mean i kind of get that a little bit too with the stuff that i'm doing for the competitive scene and you know, versus what I do on this podcast. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting getting to speak to those different audiences, different ways. And it's fun. And, and there's a lot to, there's a lot to see in this, in this meta. So, or in the, in this game, not just the meta, but um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, at, once again, we'll have links to all of these decks with deck codes at offcurve.com, um, which is where you can find all the links for all the episodes, but particularly this one. Um, you can also follow the show's account at off curve on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at wicked good. Um, I stream on this channel that you're watching right now. If you're in the stream or 
Um, you know, if you're not, um, you can come to twitch.tv slash wickedgoodfm, usually Mondays evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern and uh, Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can come watch my stream and then roll right into Coin Concede when they're recording their live show on Thursday nights. Um, you know, you can just kind of make that your, uh, you know, your uh, must-see must TV for Thursday night. Um, and then um, you can also join the Discord, which is at discord.offcurve.com. Also, I will say this now because I don't know when my next episode is going to be out. Um, I, next weekend, the weekend of the, um, the 30th, I believe it's the, um, the 30th, 1st and 2nd, I will be casting DreamHack, uh, Community Clash Regional Finals for North America with Heatwave and Dollar Bills. Yeah. So, um, that will be on Twitch.tv. I believe it's on Twitch.tv slash House Rivalries. Um, watch my Twitter for more information, but please do come and watch. It's the same weekend as the Masters Tour. I believe the Masters Tour is in Asia Pack time, so it shouldn't be a conflict, but a little worried about people watching the Masters Tour and this is the same weekend, so if you can come out and watch it, it would be very much appreciated. But I'm going to be casting with those those two gentlemen all three days of the weekend, which is going to be a hell of a lot of fun, and we've got some good competitors in the in the bracket, so I'm really excited about it. Um, so that's it. Any parting thoughts, Hat, before, or, or should we just get going before we, we had some technical difficulties and we want to make sure we get the episode finished before those recur. So, yeah, I need to go find an old priest and a young priest. So we'll just call it here. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm an old priest. So all you need to do is find a young priest. Uh, I see what you did there. Yeah. I see that. Okay. All right. Well, in, in any event, thank you for listening and, uh, be good to each other. We'll talk soon. Have a good one. Later.